Welcome to the Break the Bell podcast. Hello, beautiful bell breakers. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Bill. Hello, Craig. It oh. is. By the time this release, it will have been one week since whatever, what are we calling the thing that happened in D.C.? <laughs> Boy, we riots, it's, we go in, insurgency. I, it, it, I feel like it needs to have Eden at the end of it. Like, um, like, in, in like, the capital Storm Eden. <laughs> Storm Again. Storm There we go. Storm Again. So, I mean, what really else is there to talk about? I, and we're uh, not here just to talk about no. that event. We are here to talk about the week following. Right, because it's been a shitstorm since then. Yes. Yeah. All the the um, social media apocalypse, I guess we could call it the yes um, Pur- purge the, pur- the great purge, yeah, <laughs> of of a lot of social media accounts, a lot of yes. conservative uh, social media platforms, all that yeah. fun happy shit. So yeah, that's what we're here to talk about today. We talked, I think we mentioned um, over the weekend that the days following the. Um, Wednesday's last Wednesday's event is going to be darkest, yeah. and man, it's 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 looking like it's heading that yeah. direction, and it looks like it's getting a lot darker. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of scary the way it's heading because yeah, um, of all the the kind of standards that are being set up against uh, right. not not even just social media, we see it like in other businesses, like right. certain banking industries are right. are blocking uh, out Olive Garden. Olive Garden's taking a stand against um, uh, certain conservatives, so. Yeah. Including Sean Hannity, yeah. Olive Garden said they they do not welcome Sean Hannity anymore. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't welcome him in the first place, but right. not because he's a conservative. No, it's just because he's Sean Hannity. Exactly. He probably interrupts and talks. Oh over, my gosh! Uh, when the waitress is trying to talk. But actually, I, I think that. Yeah. Uh, oh, where, where are you from? Where are you from? Atlanta? Oh, I love Atlanta. <laughs> okay, you know I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. How, how's your uh, How's your primavera? Oh no no no! I I don't want the that that one. I want just talk completely. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. even let her answer his question. That, that, so that's probably actually why he yeah. got banned. It's like, that is why. Well, we <laughs> just that all. We just we just don't like you here. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, things are going crazy. Um, we actually started to shift, not necessarily shift off social media platforms, but yeah. diversify. Yeah, creating is, some contingencies. Yeah, which is a kind of a phrase in the stock market world. Di- yeah. diversifying Diversify. your stock, spreading it around. So if one stock tanks, you still got all the other stock like moving right. up and down. That's kind of our our thoughts for um, social media. It's like let's let's spread this out right. across multiple levels. So if one goes down, we have backups. We have ways right. of getting information out there. So yeah. That being said, we are a MeWe now, which. I hate saying that word, let alone. <laughs> yeah, I, but it's 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 kind of a fun platform. Just Is it? Like I got into. I haven't actually used the platform itself, but yeah. I got in the group chat of okay. it with a bunch of different people, and it just seems more. I, fun. I'm on there, but I haven't. Uh, I haven't done anything with it. So, so I just signed up for that one today and made a, a group, a Facebook or uh, not a Facebook, uh, break the bell group on okay. MeWe. I'll have to try to find um, it. We are also on BitChute, so I'll be uploading a bunch of our videos to B- BitChute. I'm going to be doing all the current ones to BitChute as well as YouTube, and then as I get time, I'll be uploading some of the old archived ones. Yeah. So some of our old videos up there. So eventually I plan to have them all up there, but it takes a long-ass time to upload right. a video. Oh, sure. So that's not my Especially most important our videos. Thing. Yeah, I, I got all of our videos... 
saved on an external hard drive now in case something should go wrong. Okay. So we have everything backed up nicely. Yeah. No, so we good. can start being assholes again on Facebook good. without worrying about yeah. um, our shit getting taken down and not having a backup. Because we, good. like I said, we got MeWe, we got BitChute. Parlor's gone, so we don't have Parlor anymore. No, no. Parlor is no more. Yeah, they they did. It's in the big uh, social platform in the East Sky. Yep. <laughs> so so we do have other options. Oh, we do have a Discord server. So. Yeah. If if you're looking to jump ship and move to another platform, those are some of the things we're on. Right. If you have um, other options, other ideas for platforms to jump on, um, let, us, let know. us know. Yeah, yeah, because like I said, we're trying to spread across them all right. as, as we can. Yeah, so. we just want to be prepared in case you know people start dropping us, and you know, it's we don't want anybody to have too much control over the right. the show. We also have an. <laughs> An email listing now where you can sign up for our email list. Um, you can find that on our forum, Facebook forum. I'll post again. I'll post it in the show notes here. So if all else fails, we have your contact information. Yeah, and to we'll, send. we'll start a newsletter. Yep. yep. So. We've already, I've already sent out, like, as a newsletter, our last episode. So, nice. so I, I promise I won't spam you. I won't sell it to the highest bidder or anything like that. And... Um, I'm not going to be sending stuff out every single day, so it's not like you're going to get overloaded with a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. But that is, if all else fails, we have this email chain that we can stick to. Yeah. Old school. We'll, we'll, old we'll school. get it to you one way or another. Yep. You know, Pony Express. Exactly. There you go. We'll come to your house and <laughs> yep. just live do a live <laughs> yeah, broadcast exactly. right in front of yeah. your face. We, we do birthday parties, um, bar mitzvahs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, speaking of social media, we... Have the pleasure today, back by popular demand, which was my my demand. I demanded him to be here. Popularly, social media guru, former, um, I guess, employee of of yeah. Parlor. He was the so- social media guru for Parlor. Which, how do you how are you the social media guy for a social media platform? Right? I know that that would be like, would, isn't that like King? Does that I, I think like so? King? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Okay, formerly of Parlor, social media guru, also big into like politics and he's just all around done just about everything yeah. um he's, he's an like author a swiss army knife of uh of media only better than a swiss army yeah, knife. he's, he's, he's our go-to guy for information really yes, or, he is. or if we need uh, a good guest to come on our show I, I usually ask him first and he usually points us in the right direction so yeah. um uh, we have the pleasure of getting remzo martinez back on our show to rant a little about what's going on. He's got a lot of opinions. I've been in in contact with him constantly for the last three days, just continuous stream of contact with Remzo. So he's got a lot to say about it, and he is um, trying to help people with, like, spreading across different Mm -hmm. social medias. He's the one that got me into doing the email chain. He's like, dude, if if nothing else, you got to have this. And so um, he's got a a lot of advice when it comes to... um, social media and all that kind of stuff and and still getting your word out um basically a digital contingency plan like you said right. um we've talked about physical contingency plans well now it's time to talk about your digital one especially if you do a lot of your business online or a, right. a lot of your um um your life is spent online, not just scrolling through Facebook, right. but like selling and like yeah. um, if you host a podcast or you have music, then um, you need to have a backup plan. And right. I think we're going to talk a little bit about that with Remzo, too. So we are going to dial him up. He is actually due on right now. So um, let's get into this intro and we'll get Remzo dialed up. And Sounds good. We'll get going with it. Let's do it. Let's roll with it. What did you say? <laughs> You talking to me? 
What, what the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Uh, uh, did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? All right, everybody, welcome back to the Break the Bell podcast. Welcome back to the show. Our favorite, one of our favorite guests that we've ever had on, just because he's just a man of so much, so much, I guess. Yes. He's done a little bit of everything. So welcome back to the show, Remzo Martinez. Hang on, I got to get you pulled up, Remzo. <laughs> so, Remzo, I have been in constant contact with you for like the last three or four days since um, the uh, social media apocalypse, uh, the purge, the great purge, whatever you want to call it. It's just been kind of an ongoing conversation of, holy shit, this just happened. Holy shit, that just went down. Holy shit. Um, I have had maybe seven hours of sleep since Friday. <laughs> shit. Holy it's crap. Just people like reaching out to you or are you just... Just losing your damn mind or what? Everything. Mm -hmm. Like, it has been just, like, balancing plates on my feet and stuff. Mm, um, you know, luckily, luckily, you know, Liberty podcasters and content creators and journalists and such unite. And, uh, you know, we, we were able to salvage what we could. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this this is one of those times where it's like, you know, little things like, hey, make sure you've got your newsletters up. Right. Hey. Make sure you, you are diversified enough so you can't be taken down all at one time. We were just talking about that. We just yeah. uh, talked about that in our intro. Is um, You kind of pointed me. You definitely were the one to point me in the direction of setting up the email chain and then um, through different um, advice from you and a um, kind of network of fellow-minded podcasters. Uh, the fellowship. Yes, the fellowship of the <laughs> of the. I don't even know what you'd call them. Just, just, the, just, just the fellowship. Just the fellowship. Right all right, we'll go with that. I've been, I've been saying it's like the fellowship of the ring. We need all the, the drunk dwarfs, crazy elves. Oh, we have we them, everybody. too. Yeah. We yeah. have them. There's nice we've diversity got, We've there. got basically everybody. If we could, if he wasn't in jail right now, we'd probably have McAfee on here. That would be that would make this um, the complete uh, Lord of the Rings because he. What would you call him? The the Hobbit of this. Uh, he'd be he'd be a Gandalf, I think. <laughs> he's totally he's totally Gandalf. He's Gandalf yeah. the Coke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But like I was no, saying, like, like literally, we need John McAfee, and, and I'm not saying that in like uh like like a sarcastic way. Like if there was ever a time for him. To like come out and pull like an Avengers Assemble moment, mm -hmm. like we need Tony Stark for Endgame. <laughs> we do, we absolutely do. Not not only is he have the like the kind of political aspect of it, but he's also the tech guy too. I mean, he he's he's 
definitely a jack of all trades in that area, and he's got the kind of the free free will mindset too. Um, so yeah, I I agree with you there. But, yeah, but I mean, I, I got I got to be honest, like I, I'm just going to brag about myself for a minute. Uh, I received more Facebook followers. I received more subscribers, more downloads. I'm on to a record month because of a jump in downloads I got this weekend. Oh, me too. Uh, I, I can't I, I don't want to go into like too much detail, but let me tell you um, my my Substack email account, which I've only used a couple of times and. I'm sorry, my Substack newsletter, uh, it had 52 people on Friday night. Mm. As of this morning, it had over 4,500. Holy, Holy crap. Yeah we, yeah, we set ours up Saturday night, I think. And overnight, mm. we were up to, we're pushing 175 just overnight. And that was just the first time we'd ever set up anything like that. We'd, we'd never done any subscription, like mail mail out type thing. So it was just like, Hey, do this before parlor goes down, and just like immediately we had almost like two hundred. So, so as you were saying, it was, and I think it's not only is it people like trying to do what we're doing and get to where they can find the information if they need to, but also like we were saying, this fellowship, like podcasters are coming together and just pushing each other's shit out there and um, supporting each other. And uh, man, it's it's. It's brought us all together. I mean, it, it's a nightmare, but it, it's making people realize, hey, we got to work together in this because um, we're small. We are way outnumbered, yeah. outnumbered in this shit. Yeah, I mean, who are we? We're people that have families, day jobs, our own aspirations, and we do this because we love it and we enjoy doing it and we're providing value to people. And, you know, we're we're not getting money from big corporations. We're having to go ahead and actually use our own time, our own resources, our own effort to try and build up, which really is the independent media, which is providing people uh, not just the information they need, but the entertainment they need, the stuff that they need to get that, you know, big Hollywood, big media is not providing them. Mm-hmm. And it used to be that we had the luxury of you know, forming friendships with one another, but keeping things like on a one-off, oh, I'll scratch your back, you do my, you know, you scratch my back type of thing. Now it's at the point where it's like, listen, unless you're an asshole or something, yeah, we have to be extra kind to each other and we need to look out for one another because between you, me, Gary Collins, Lines of Liberty, the rest of the We Are Libertarians network, uh, libertarians, MAGA people, Liberals that just don't like being lied to and stuff. Independents who just want to know what's going on and come to their own opinion. Mm. Like, unless you're a crazy person, we we have more in common with each other than we do with anybody at CNN mm-hmm. and with anybody on Capitol Hill and with anybody in L.A. Like, it's just us. Yep. And there's more of us than ever we've probably just amongst them. And we, we can't go into too much details. We want to keep it somewhat mysterious and secretive and cool but like between everybody that has formed our little fellowship it we probably have like five million people mm-hmm. that we can reach yep my 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 gut reaction estimate yeah and like you're saying it's no longer i mean there there's a con a competitive aspect when it comes to like libertarian podcasts i don't call ours a libertarian podcast but we're part of a network of libertarian podcasts, but I mean, there's a competitive aspect there. Obviously, you're fighting for um, 
for those numbers. It's not like, I mean, that that's just how it is. But when it comes down to it now, it's just like, dude, we're not, we're not going against each other at all. Right. We have to, um, we have to be promoting each other's shit. We have to be spreading each other's word out there because, because right. like I was saying, we are completely outnumbered when it comes down to true numbers. Yeah, there are a couple million, as you were saying, that that want the same information. But when the, you you put that up against what the what the mainstream media has, what the brainwashed sheep yeah. that that are out there in the world, um, we are far outnumbered. And um, when it comes down to dollars and um, power, we are we are completely outnumbered. So. Yeah. All we can do right now is stick together and, and kind of join forces, I guess, and, and just spread the word around and spread each other's shit because that's that's really the only way we're going to get past all this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, went on a, I went on Brian Nichols' show back in 2018. I think this was one of those moments where it's like if there was ever one moment where I could say, oh, yeah, this is the downward trajectory of where we're going uh, in terms of society – um, it was on that interview and it, it came out a few months after Alex Jones had been purged from the internet mm-hmm. and everything else. And what I basically went out and said was like, listen, this is not a one-time thing. This is not a, oh, we all agree this person doesn't have the right to even a voice. This is attempted silencing of somebody who, if you don't like him, you could have ignored him. Mm-hmm. But what this has done is it has set up the pretense that you know, it won't just be a one-time thing. It's a sliding scale. Right. And first it started with the Nazis, the white supremacists, dirty, evil, disgusting human beings. But then they're like, you know, what we what we can do is now we can label all of our opponents that. So then they went after the Milo Yiannopoulos. Then what they did was they went after Alex Jones, who, regardless as to what people might think his overall public opinion is, the thing is he's got hundreds of millions of people around the world that listen to him, you know, a, a lot of regular Americans who will never talk politics with still listen to Alex Jones. Then they got, then they got rid of him. And that was, that was just in a way that no, I mean, when they went after his, his banking, his credit cards, everything else, that was one of those moments where it's like, this doesn't bother you at all. Then they started going after political candidates. That was journalists. Then it was, uh, you know, in, uh, independent media. And it started now where it's at the point where it's like you could just post a meme or, you know, my, my brother recently posted a photo of the people uh, climbing the, the Capitol Hill, the, cap, the wall around the Capitol Hill. And they're like, see, conservatives, walls don't work. And he got reported for uh, violating uh, com- uh, community guidelines. And it's like, um, Jeez. you know, my my brother, not to give too much information on him, he, he doesn't vote Republican. He didn't vote for Trump. Like he, he's a, he's just a kid having fun. Mm-hmm. And it's like now, now they're at the point now where just regular people who just want to talk about certain things that just are not explicitly communist. Um, they're, they're now part of that fringe, right? And the one South of Mao is fringe right now. Yeah. Right. So now it's hitting just regular people. I mean, how many people do we know? And nobody, even the conservative media is talking about this. How many people lost, scores of followers right you lost access to facebook groups i mean your right. your brother what happened to your brother last week and his wife is absolutely disgusting yeah. they not only lost everything linked to their show 
but they lost everything linked to their personal accounts and their business. They accounts. lost up to now, upwards now you're going of, after a person's livelihood. Yeah, they lost upwards of like 15 accounts, he said, between businesses, personal accounts, band pages, all that stuff. 15 Facebook accounts Jeez. got shut down. That's crazy. So, and I don't insane. think anyone can describe Dan as, you know, a radical MAGA Trumper guy. Right? <laughs> no, absolutely not. He's he's not even close. Um, he talks more against Trump than he talks for Trump. So he just happened to be talking about a certain subject that involves the letter Q and um, not even talking pro that. He was talking about, hey, what 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 happens now? You guys are, are saying that this was the plan. Follow the plan. What, where are you at now? That that was the whole premise of it. It wasn't. It was like basically pushing back against it. Like, dude, what the fuck? You said all this was going to happen. What 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 now? And that was enough because that that was happening at like ground zero. That was happening. That he got taken down during the um the riots or the the siege or whatever you're calling it uh, on the Capitol. So it was like he didn't even get to really follow any of the news about this, the capital stuff because he was dealing with all his Facebook bullshit. So this happened literally the moment that the capital siege started. So you're telling me that's not pre-planned, like a, right. a pre-orchestrated event, this this whole purge scenario, what this is just a reactionary thing? It's not at all. When it's happening during the event, it's not a reactionary thing. It's like this was in plan, this was in motion right. to start like from the beginning. Yeah, and I mean, this is this is one of those moments where uh, a, a lot of libertarians I've seen are, are jumping on the whole, oh, well, you know, they're private companies. They could do what they want. But it's like, you know, they're not just private companies. Amazon has has billions of dollars in government contracts. Mm -hmm. the, these people are just like they have offices on Capitol Hill. Right. Like they're pseudo wings of the federal Leviathan. And, uh, you know, in 2017, I was at, I'm sorry, in 2019, so last January, a few months after I had made my appearance on the Brian Nichols show, and I was like, listen, libertarians, you think they're just going after conservative Trump types? Like, they're going to come after you. Right. Like, it's only a matter of time until they did that. And they did that with Liberty memes. They've done that with, with they did that with Ron Paul today. I, I was just going to say. wrote a column. Yeah, like, like, they did that to him today. But, like, in, in 2019, I went to do a Students for Liberty uh, conference. It was uh, LibertyCon in D.C., and I confronted um, uh, Max Pappas, who's the director of, pu of public policy at Google. And this is several weeks after uh, Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google, went before the Senate and basically confirmed, yeah, you know, we were doing some dealings of China. We were going to do this, but we didn't do it. So why should you be mad? And I basically <laughs> was like, how can you talk about, you know, a free and fair Internet and all these classically liberal ideas when you were doing business with one of the most totalitarian regimes in the world? Mm -hmm. And I was basically chased out of there by people who are self-avowed libertarians and they're like google's good and government bad and how dare you say anything negative about google and it's like what the hell is wrong with you people yeah they will yeah. go after you the systems that they are building of dictators overseas will always come home yeah and i, I and i've seen that, that now i've seen that all over facebook from certain libertarians it's just like where where they're talking about like all the purges and stuff, it's like, well, they're privately owned companies. They have the right to ban. It's just it's just like the 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 gay cake baker. It's it's just that same scenario. But then you get Parlor tried to do that. They tried to everyone tried to shift over to their own group, and now Parlor is getting right. is is gone. It it's 
it's ghosted now yeah. because and I guess libertarians can be like, well, um, they weren't even on their own servers, so it's their um, it's private company servers. It's their right to kick them off. It's just like, but but you're not understanding. All of this is it, it's obviously planned. It's obviously yeah. pre-orchestrated. And like you said, they have their their hands in uh, politicians' pockets. They, they are connected and linked right. directly to the government. I've got an article he, that I read today or glanced yeah, over. I was just going to bring that up. That talks about the CIA planning oh, to spend that one. <laughs> billions, billions of dollars on these tech giants. The CIA for Amazon. Yeah. CIA already spends billions of dollars on Amazon. No, and Remzo, I was going to ask you, I brought up, this was the article I thought you were going to mention, was uh, that uh, Biden selects over a dozen big tech executives to serve in administration and advise in his transition. So, um, it goes on, uh, Daily Caller, Apple's top lobbyist was a chief advisor to the Biden transition team. A former Facebook executive will serve as staff director at in the Biden White House. <laughs> of course he will. And former Twitter executive will serve as chief spokesperson for the National Security Council under Biden. So what do you think about that, Ramzo? I I, I I say that, you know, if you were a, if you were a top person in the military, if you were a top person in the Department of Defense, it should be illegal for you to go immediately and work for like Raytheon, Booz Allen, any of those defense contractors right. and vice versa. Um, you know, whether you're going from the government immediately to them or whether you're going immediately from there directly into the government, like that seems to be something that a lot of my lefty friends agree with me on. But I say the same thing for for any situation where it looks like there 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 is too much there, there's too much. I'm, I'm not even going to say colluding like there's too much vested interest mm-hmm, with right. one another. And I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, liberals have completely turned their turn their back on this i i've been uh criticizing the fda for many years and you know monsanto and the fda it's a revolving door policy what they do is they leave monsanto they work for the fda they get a bunch of regulations and laws passed and they go immediately back to monsanto to lobby the government and they just rotate in and out and in and out and in and out and that used to be the big thing that the leftists cared about gmos and uh, corporate farming and stuff like that and you know uh potentially illegal um lobbying practices and stuff but when you apply it to all these other things it's like no what are you suddenly against the free market and it's mm-hmm. like you don't get it they don't go there because they freaking love it they go there because they're getting something out of it yeah yeah i i i see that you see that all the time with the the big corporations that have all the government contracts and like you said, it's just bouncing between government positions and and jobs with those corporations, like executive roles in those in those corporations. It, and for, if if you say that it's not a conflict of interest, you're only kidding yourself. You're only right. you're completely naive and brainwashed if you think there's not a conflict of interest there. And it's it, it's the same thing with these uh, um, social media execs that are going over to Biden's transition team or Biden's uh, administration. It's like, well, what did they have to do over the last couple of years through this election or through this, everything that's happened in the last like six months, what did they have to do to get promised that position as a, a administration position in Biden's mm-hmm. administration? 
Yeah, it, it used to be. And, you know, it's funny is a lot of these people, they go from these companies, then they go to the campaign, then they go straight to government. Um, it, it's it's illegal to even have those conversations. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't just tell me like you can't just be on a campaign trail and say, hey, you're going to make me your chief of staff. Right. But uh, those conversations happen again. They happen amongst Republicans, too. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I said this um, on on episode of my show today, which is coming up Thursday. Um, you know, the, those people that stormed Capitol Hill, um, you know, whether it was just a few or whether it was many, like, here's the thing, they weren't fighting for like limited government and liberty and stuff like that. They were doing it because they didn't like the results of an election. Yeah. So what we have right in here is just another example of two different people that are just crying over the same thing. It's over the control of the biggest monopoly of violence on earth, right. which is the federal government. And this is this is the whole thing that's lost in translation, because, you know, we've been talking a lot about Trump and we all have varied opinions about him. But the thing is, like what happens to him affected us, people who disagree with him on many things, people that have nothing to do with him or the big MAGA movement or anything else. But because of what they did to him, they went ahead and slid the scale. And suddenly it's like, oh, libertarians are just as dangerous Mm -hmm. or people who don't like Kamala Harris are just as dangerous Mm -hmm. or people that talk about Bitcoin or people that talk about apps like Signal are dangerous now. Yeah. And when Jack Dorsey goes on Twitter and he screenshots the before and after of when Parler was number one on the app stores and now it's it's not. And he puts that little heart emoji on there. That should terrify you. Yeah. Because you don't think there was some type of racketeering going on. You don't think that there was some type of collaborated effort. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Those people didn't just wake up that day and say, yep, this is it. Right. And um, I had seen a screenshot that um, the um, Signal app got a a nice heart from Jack Dorsey over the weekend, too, even though he was promoting Signal during uh, the BLM riots because of the encryption, because um, the FBI or police or whoever wouldn't be able to track um, uh, protesters and things like that. He was he was full on promoting the signal app which it's if if people don't know it's an an encryption based messenger app is is what it is um but then for him to post that little heart emoji next to parlor parlor then turn around and post um signal like Mm -hmm. it was almost him signaling hey hey i'm coming after we're coming after you next it's like the kiss that uh michael gives fredo you know (laughs) at the party in cuba it's like yeah you know i know it was you and i'm coming for you yep so um it it's kind of scary what we're living in right now, and um, we're seeing the we've seen the writing on the walls for for a while now, but we're actually seeing it come full circle starting yeah. this week after um, after Wednesday. And um, we had talked how Joe Biden came out and said um, on Wednesday that this was the darkest hour in American history, and to me that's not true. It's it's what what is now what is the this aftermath this is going to be the darkest moment probably in american history for a long time oh yeah i mean we we've spent we spent years learning about this stuff researching this stuff studying history trying to find the predictable behaviors and the trends in which they could seize power and now you know we're we're not in the conspiracy closet anymore this Mm -hmm. isn't theory now Mm -hmm. we're talking about legitimate shit like, how do I get my money? How do I protect my family? How do I get away from this stuff? Nobody's talking about the fact that uh, the U.S. government actually did a study 
of the amount of damage caused by the Black Lives Matter Antifa riots in 2020. Eight billion dollars. Wow. Billion with a B. Eight billion dollars over seven months of rampant destruction. There was no calls of insurrection or anything else when a whole block of you know, a whole city block of uh, Seattle was taken over right. by no. violent communists yeah. over the summer. No, you These got the ostracized. Yeah. You got ostracized for yeah. even mentioning that yeah. this was a riot or this was violence or this was um, a mob. You got called racist. Yeah. And the, the leaders came out and actually said that their goal was to overthrow the government. And, you know, it's like nobody says anything. Yeah, I mean, this is this is at the point now, and I, I said this, uh, I said this on Parlor R.I.P. and I said a few other places, but like you know, I, I I've been I've been living outside of D.C. for uh, for going on fourteen years now, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm at the point, and you know, I loved it. Call call me like a, a city beltway yuppie or something. I loved living next to multiple airports and all the bars and all the clubs and all the great things and all the great, uh, you know. Uh, events and stuff you did here, especially since I was, you know, so politically active and it's like, mm-hmm. they, they, they've just sucked the joy out of living here. Right. Mm. Like all the fun, everything that, that used to be good about living here, it's dead. And you know, there there's now, now all you have to live here is it's just congestion. It's everybody being so super hyper political and it's heavy taxes. And I, I will be, I will be leaving Virginia by year's end yeah as early as possible i saw you might be you could possibly be moving closer to us i'm not going to say where you mentioned but you could possibly be moving closer to us which i i'm living i'm living somewhere remarkably closer uh you know to to america's heartland but far enough away so that i don't have to see my neighbors immediately <laughs> as soon as i leave my front door i like that, that. i will put it that, that way. would be my dream if i wasn't married with kids because they're the ones that push back because the kids have friends but i i would love that so i might be moving in with you remzo <laughs> <laughs> well, well we'll make we'll make sure to get a house with a guest room there you go so um you mentioned and this just i i want to get your get your thoughts on this but you mentioned that um you live right outside of dc did you were you in dc during all this did you go to any of this were you at home watching on the tv like where were you during all this i was i was at home uh recording an episode of the second print comics podcast with mark you know off in our own little nerd corner of the world pretending like everything else isn't happening and then and then and, then you turned it off and you're I, like, I get shit. off the <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, actually, what was funny was like our connection actually broke, so we we had to go on uh, Messenger and a few other places to send links to each other. And as we're going through that, I have people screaming "Civil War," they've they've overrun the Capitol, and I'm like, "What the hell?" And then we had to go back to recording. So like half the episode is like, "Oh yeah, all happy go lucky." That's like, "Oh yeah," and and you know, like like this thing happens, and uh, yeah, um, <laughs> where it just gets really uncomfortable. Yeah, because and, you're like, should we be talking about this when all that shit? going on right yeah it's like are we just gonna ignore everything we just saw a glimpse of (laughs) um but you know i I had people from out of state uh calling and texting me and they're like bruh come to dc bruh you voted for trump dude come on man you're right there bruh come on and i'm just like listen like i i don't like you enough to go stand in the cold and scream about an election (laughs) that's over (laughs) 
That's what it comes down to. I don't like you enough to do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like I, I have better things to do than protest. I, I make fun of uh, the the Virginia Citizens Defense League here, uh, which is a good organization. I like them, but I make fun of them because what happens is elections come by, especially for like local board of supervisor stuff, House of Delegates, you name it. They don't vote. They don't donate. They don't volunteer. Then when, when the gun grabbers get elected, they'll go stand outside the Arlington uh, County government building with their guns, open carrying, with their don't tread on me flags. And it's like, do you think you really fucking intimidate them? Do you actually think <laughs> right. you do? Do you right. think you standing there is going to change anything? It doesn't. Yeah. And it's too late. And you could have you could have taken action, but you're all talking. You're just a bunch of LARPers. Yeah. And and that's the way I saw it uh, this past week, because it's like it's over. Um, you know, I, I think uh, that there were many, many, many uh, proven election discrepancies that happened. You know, just blatant cases of fraud mm-hmm. and systemic um, problems that should have demanded a recount in at least Georgia, Arizona and Pennsylvania. But it was done poorly, and then the the window of time to do it uh, expired, and then all the court cases were filed in, like, the wrong states, people suing Michigan and Pennsylvania, and those are getting tossed out, and people filing uh, cases without even an ounce of evidence because they're just trying to rush it into a court for a conservative judge to say, man, you can't just do this. You actually need to give me something. So when December 14th came and the Electoral College certified the votes, that was it. Like if there ever was a time to demand a recount and all that stuff, it was over by that point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the election for me ended when the Electoral College came together. All this other stuff of, oh, you know, it's 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 going to happen. The X-23 report morons like, oh, they, there's a plan, bro. Oh, yeah, and it's right. like there's no yeah. plan. It's like, you know, th- this is the wrong time to do it. Go go home, be good citizens and kind people and change the world around you. Uh, because if you're so worried about who the president's going to be, maybe we should be worried about this, the power the president has. But exactly. no, I, I didn't go towards it. I wanted nothing to do with it. And, uh, you know, all, all that's happened is the whole Beltway region is just completely turned into a police state because a bunch of people from out of town caused a problem. Right. And, you know, I, I went into D.C. today. I went South Capitol near Navy Yard to, to go grab some lunch with a friend. And the city is quiet. And the city is just odd. I didn't go too much uh, inward. I didn't check out the Capitol. We, I picked him up. We grabbed lunch in Virginia. I dropped him back. And I, they got back home for work. And, um, you know, it's just it's different. And I've never seen it like this before. Yeah, it's weird to me. The whole the whole thing is weird to me because, like you're saying, you said it's basically over when the Electoral College voted Biden in. Um, but then. We had just released that morning an episode saying, hey, I mean, Trump is pushing this final this final stand with the uh, with the um, making it official with. Are you running out? Do you need more? Oh, shit. What just happened? Sorry, I muted myself. No, okay. I, I didn't see how much I had poured. So I thought I'd be done. That's like, ah, oh, am I am I going to be able to do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I should. So um, what I was saying was um, we we said they were getting ready to do the objections to the electoral the electoral votes, and that was kind of Trump's final um, 
chance, which there was no chance really of it. But if there were going to be chance, it was going to be that. You don't, you don't want that happening, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, everything yeah. that they were trying to do, they would never want to happen if the tables were absolutely. reversed. No, it's absolutely true. But what I was saying was, if that were to be his final chance, and if Trump incited this riot at that moment that they were getting ready to do that, pretty much steamrolling over any chance that they were going to vote on it. Like, where's the sense in that? Like, I I get that he doesn't make some of the smartest decisions sometimes, but if it were to come down to, like, hey, this is my final opportunity to do this, let's just steamroll over that with um, an insurrection on the Capitol, a small minor insurrection on the Capitol that did basically nothing besides piss a lot of people off, tighten things up, and make over half of those... 12 centers that were saying, hey, we're go- we're going to put this up for a vote, decide, I don't want a fucking thing to do with this anymore. So basically, it uh, it comes down to, if, if, if Trump did incite this violence like he did, why the fuck would he do it at that moment when this came down to, like, this is my final chance here. Oh, let's just roll right over it and just, just throw it all out the window. I'm not going to say that this was a false flag, but the way that you described it, it, it reminds me quite often of uh, in 2017, the one time that the leftist media completely fell in love with Trump. It was when he was bombing Assad's airfields in Syria. Mm-hmm. And they did it because they said that he had dropped tons of sarin gas on civilian pockets uh, of, of, of uh, free Syria. And it's like, why would he do that? He yeah. was winning. ISIS was backing down. The Free Syrian Army and all these other people were backing down. So why would he do that knowing that the U.S. would retaliate? Mm -hmm. And this almost looks like one of those situations because there's enough video evidence showing the the four main people, Roger Stone, Alex Jones, Ali Alexander, and Donald Trump. All four four of those people are the ones that they are accusing, the president being the main one, of inciting violence. And there is so much video evidence that has not been seen or played on Fox, on CNN, MSNBC, of them saying, don't riot, don't be violent. After this, you know, maybe go, go you know, yell outside, yeah. but be peaceful or go home. Yeah, they did say I, – I did see him say, let's march down to the Capitol and let our voices be heard. That's as much as I saw, but I didn't watch the whole thing. But I, I've seen videos of, like, firsthand accounts. Like, um, I have a friend who had a friend videotaping it with cell phones, and people are standing outside. There's, like, all the patriotic Republican country music playing. They're singing along to it. And for the most part, it, it looks relatively like – what you thought of a, a Trump rally in 2016. I, I went to a Trump rally in 2016, and that's exactly what it was. It was just all the uh, wrap yourself an American flag, play country music type type shit, and sing along. Um, that's what it looked like. But then it turned into whatever, a couple hundred, a hundred, however many people. And that's all you see all over the media is them saying they broke through the barricades, even though there's multiple videos of police officers moving barricades. And again, I don't want to get too much into the conspiracy of it because we don't need to completely lose our shows this early in the game. But um, (laughs) I'm just saying there's a lot of questions there. There are plenty of questions there. 
Yeah, I mean, we we, we might not be able to, or just really don't want to go into the the different ideas of how it could have happened. But I mean, we can look at it and say that doesn't make sense. The the motive does not align, right, at all. And uh, you know, all this stuff of the of impeachment and the Twenty Fifth Amendment. It's like he's out the door next week. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do? He doesn't want to do anything. He doesn't. You've killed his. You, you've killed any energy he has, and you removed him from the internet. Yeah. Like you, you haven't made things better. You've just written yourself a blank check to make things worse. And you know, if you weren't remotely political before, I'm sorry. You might not have an interest in government or the world around you, but there's a lot of people that do, and they don't have your best interests at heart. And what we're doing right now is we're entering the devastating sequel, the 2020. This is 2020 on crack. Like, I'm sorry, it's going to touch you in some way, shape, or form. And if you weren't a right-wing radical before, you are now just by guilty of association. Mm. And that's what it's turning into. And like you said, Trump immediately got switched off from the Internet altogether. We saw that, what, starting Wednesday, definitely on Thursday. um, His Facebook and Twitter were suspended indefinitely. Facebook saying at least until after the transfer of power. Twitter saying, well, what, for like 24 hours, then it turned into indefinitely. And then all of a sudden, everybody, Reddit, Discord, I mean, they all dropped. Yeah, I've got a list here of Pinterest. Yeah, I've got yeah. I've got a small list here of all the things he got kicked off. You can't see this, but I, I'm I'm pulling this up here. Um, I've got Facebook, Twitter, Google, Spotify, Snapchat, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, which of course he was warring right. against TikTok his entire presidency. YouTube, Twitch, that's kind of funny. Reddit and Shopify, which I never would. Some of these I wouldn't even thought he would have had a presence on in the first place. Right. Like I didn't know. Donald Trump had a Pinterest account. <laughs> like, what's he doing on Pinterest? Did, did, I think I don't know if it was you or Bill, but one of you sent me an article regarding uh, Sean Hannity getting his oh yeah that was uh, his yes. his opportunity to get to to partake in the unlimited pasta deal at, at Olive Garden revoked. I've got right. that one too. Let me let me read that yeah. for you. Um, that's right in front of me. Um, hang on, let me see if I can blow this up. It's not gonna let me blow it up. There we go. So it says, at Olive Garden, we're all a family here. So this is supposedly a statement from corporate corporate at Olive Garden. You sent this bill. Yeah. Um, it says, at Olive Garden, we're all a family here. Our traditions like unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks have been enjoyed by many guests from all over the country and throughout the entire, entire political spectrum. So first of all, if you have to compare unlimited soup and breadsticks to the political <laughs> spectrum, you're already doing it wrong. <laughs> It says, it has come to our attention that a few of our guests had taken part in the vicious attack on the nation's capital. We have worked with the FBI and Holiday in in Washington, D.C. to identify <laughs> several guests. So the FBI came to Olive Garden, or Olive Garden went to the FBI to be like, dude. Big pasta, uh, yo. Big pasta. Uh, Olive Garden's like 31 flavors. You know, they, they, they always find out. <laughs> So they're they're working with the FBI and Holiday Inn. Like those are kind of the same thing somehow. So it says to identify several guests who both frequented our restaurants and participated in the violent uprising against our government this week. 
In response, Olive Garden has invalidated our never-ending pasta pass. <laughs> That's how you know you've made it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck getting kicked off YouTube and Facebook. You know you've done something wrong when you get your never-ending pasta pass revoked. God. And that... Oh, oh! They specifically call out. They say for several guests and revoked the lifetime the lifetime pasta pass from Sean Hannity. So they specifically call out Sean Hannity. <laughs> oh God! Oh. Can, you can't make shit like this up. That that's what this has come to. And we yeah. talked about how the line has been completely drawn in the sand here. Like it's just like you're either for them or. You're and wrong. a terrorist, or you're for us. If you're for them, you're a terrorist, and, and it's and gone. You don't get your pasta, and you don't get your pasta. <laughs> I, I said this the other day online. I said somewhere in hell, Saddam Hussein is laughing. Right, yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely true. He's like, I I, I died for this. <laughs> Worth How it. is your democracy, America? <laughs> You're going to come lecture me? <laughs> I did not even have the missiles. I gave them all the pasta they wanted. Oh, man. Olive but... Garden never went this far with me or Uday. <laughs> I always got my pasta. Well, you see, um, like Twitter is banning Trump. It's banning, um, I think they went either Twitter or Facebook banned um, the uh, walk away movement which is just Democrats that decide that this is bullshit. Um, they, they're banning all this, sh- this shit, but Twitter hasn't even banned the Ayatollah. Right. So, I mean, talk about being, like, double-sided on your standards. Yeah. This was, and I've been saying this about all the, all the lockdowns and everything, like, this stopped being about COVID after two weeks. Mm-hmm. This stopped being about saving our democracy the first day Donald Trump walked in, they said they were going to find a reason to impeach him. Right. Absolutely. And they've been, they, they've been gaslighting America uh, more so than any, any politician that ever could. And uh, this is, I, I spoke with an economist uh, about a month ago, uh, Max Golker. He was previously from the American Institute for Economic Research. He's published at Reason and uh, Fee, but he was like, I'm not so much terrified as to what Biden's tax policy will be as I am Americans boycotting certain businesses because of political beliefs and businesses targeting uh, potential as- potential demographics of the country because they vote a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like he's far more worried about how we are attacking each other and how we're seeing the market weaponized in a way like never before than he is the actual state and and that's what terrifies me and it's like you know the the joke used to be well get your own website well get your own server well get your own bank now it's like get your own internet yeah yeah that's what it's coming down there has to there, there 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 used to be things that that brought us together it used to be a shared cultural identity. That's dead. It used to be shared religion. That doesn't exist. It used to be shared sports teams. You could be a Democrat. I could be a Republican. We could both be Ravens fans. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the Ravens. And <laughs> that's not even the case anymore. Yeah. No. No, it is uh, 
I mean, everything has to be divisive. And you talked about, well, get your own internet. Well, I th- I think you had sent a post about the inventor of the World Wide Web deciding that this has gotten too big and too too far out of hand, and he's proposing inventing a new internet, like Internet 2.0. And like the inter- the the inventor of emails is deciding to reinvent emails, just coming out out of the woodworks because of instances like this. It's just like, is this really, I mean, we've gotten to the point where this is necessary. It's just like, Mm. well, the internet has gotten too big and too um, powerful that even the guy who invented it, not Al Gore, but the guy that actually invented it, (laughs) says, we got to do this again, guys. Um, I got to wipe this clean. It's like God for Noah's Ark. He's like, (laughs) fuck all this. Yeah. We've got to start over. (laughs) Yeah, I, I had a, I had a conversation with my with my mom on Sunday. She's like, you know, me and a bunch of my friends just downloaded Signal. Apparently, it's super secret and secure and safe, and they don't read your messages. And I'm like, yeah, it's the preferred app amongst drug dealers. <laughs> What'd she say to that? that? That she she just she just got she just got terrified. And I think you know when when uh, w- when one member of our of our little fellowship signal chat uh, got the link and joined, he's like, "Well, what's up, guys? It must be pretty bad if I had to download Signal." It's absolutely true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Um, when when we're all like checking out sites like MeWe, when we we all like talk shit about them for how many months right. now, how many years now, yeah. and all of a sudden it's just like everybody get over to MeWe. And it's just like the everybody's there now. It's like we're all we're all just equally there at the same time. And I, I, I joined it today and I, I did looked too. around. I was I was able to join the break the bell group and immediately I'm like, this is like Detroit. It's just <laughs> you see a city, but it's just empty buildings. And when you do see somebody that's alive and doing something, they're probably not making eye contact with you and most likely shooting up heroin. So you don't even want to talk to them. You're just hoping you find your friends long enough so you don't get lost and scared. <laughs> so, sounds like an accurate depiction. We are we are not sponsored by MeWe, as it, if you can tell. But but yeah, we are we're all just like jumping on. I I mean, it's kind of a, oh, a trend I've got, following I've got a quick, thing. I've got I've got a quick story. I, I was on the phone with a client today, and he's like, uh, his the, the person he represents. Uh, he's like, hey, he th- that was his only social media platform. Where do we go? So I'm lifting off. I'm listing off places, and he's like, "Well, what? Well, what about Clout Hub? I heard somebody say something about Clout Hub, and I'm like, "Dude, I gotta be honest with you. I do this for a living, and I've never freaking heard." Uh, it. I was gonna say, <laughs> "What the really? fuck is that? You, you don't know about that?" And I'm like, "No, but I'm gonna Google it now, and we're gonna find out together." <laughs> <laughs> I'm at you? the point where it's like you put any two words together, and there's a social media site. Now. I'm just like, <laughs> I have, I don't know what's real anymore. It's true. You broke me. Yeah, and in our um, fellowship uh, chat that we have going on, somebody's like, well, I've been using such and such. I was like, I can't even keep up with this shit because you all are throwing out all this different... (laughs) Oh, you should try this. You should... I only... There's only so much of me to stretch. (laughs) I can only do so much. Yeah. So... um, There there, there was a little moment last night where where somebody was like, here, I'm on five different chats. Let's make the same group in case they get rid of Signal. And I'm like, get rid of Signal. So I like curled up in a little ball and I'm like, there's no escape. There is no shelter. It's true. 
Yeah. It is true because <laughs> you created the signal group because in case everything else goes down. It's like, <laughs> well, what if this goes down? It's like, what? The, I'm I mean, like, this is literally the last place. I wouldn't be bugging the shit out of everybody yes. if this was not like Apocalypse Now, Red Dawn level end game shit. Yes. And it's like, now we're getting backups for the final backup. And I'm like, I, I give up. It's I true. give up. It's true. So um, let, let's bring it back let's talk a little bit bit about friday when um i think it was like early evening friday when i went to i just went to log into my parlor account and a good majority of our followers come from uh from parlor so what what was your what was your parlor following i'm pretty sure it was it was your number one platform it it was we were at like 1.7 thousand followers on that and so it was by far our top um platform for for followers and um what was it friday night like i said i went to log into that and all of a sudden just locked up so i was just like what the fuck so i started like looking through other social media and i start reading these posts that oh parlor's gonna go down and this and that i'm just like what's going on so i messaged you um I think I posted in the fellowship that you had already. No, that was when you started the fellowship. I think I was just like, "Is parlor going down?" And you're like, "Yes, yes, it is." <laughs> I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> and so I posted on. Oh yeah, I posted in the Facebook forum. I'm like, "Is parlor going down?" And some people were like, "Oh no, it's just a lot of people are right. going over there, so it's locking up the ser- servers." They're like, no. It, it's going down. And I'm just like, I trust him more than I trust the rest of him because he's in inside source. Yeah. It's like, shit, man. And so it was just like immediately we went into like apocalypse mode. That's when you mm. set up the 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 um, signal chat, and that's when we all just started like losing yeah. our minds I, on signal. I'm like making dinner. All of a sudden, I get a message from you, and you're like, download this now. <laughs> Remzo a- says to, and I'm like, oh shit. Get to the chopper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I, I think like, I drop my spoon in the spaghetti and start. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think I specifically said, I was like, if Remzo says it, do it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and then. It it was just like one thing after another. It was just like we started seeing these posts of Parler going down, um, uh, Apple's dropping Parler, Google's dropping Parler, but Parler's going to jump on these other servers. Then all of a sudden, Amazon dropped Parler, and people, and then all of a sudden, there's this just like massive hit job on Parler, right? Because like today, I think came out that article that said there was a massive hacking on parlor saying they stole all your information stole your identities and your address they have all this information on you it's just like within days parlor went from being the top one of the top conservative uh platforms to even the this this article here about the parlor hack is the conservative hardliner and they are talking mad shit about how weak the um security was for parlor they're talking about how they were on like some uh, free, free trial version of their platform that they're on, and it, it's I I don't know it's true. You would know before I would, but you you've come back at me when I posted some of this shit, and you're like, dude, it's all, it's none of this is true. So what do you think of this this hit job on Parlor? I know you don't work there anymore. I know you're not fielding questions from the media, but what do you think of all this? I I think it's perhaps the most public hit job short of the Kavanaugh hearings. Hmm. This is one of the most egregious character assassinations of a single company 
perhaps in modern history. Mm-hmm. And like the first most, of many. Most of the time, well, most of the time you had to commit a crime. Like maybe, right. maybe, maybe Chick Fil A. Like when people were going after Chick Fil A, and you know you had all these companies that were like, "We will no longer do business. We will no longer buy their thousand nuggets and shit like this." <laughs> and, and this is just completely jumped the shark. But it's like you have to be Enron. Right. Or Nike using like child slaves in Burma or something to get this level of of backlash. Right. Yeah. And, and Nike like, doesn't even get as bad of backlash as this is getting. And we yeah, all like, know when, Nike. When you, Nike you get does. when you get more hatred than like SeaWorld, like <laughs> something bad is happening. Yeah. And I I I, I I can't make a public statement. I will tell you that it is uh it, it didn't just come out of nowhere. And it it was done intentionally, despite the facts. And, you know, I, I'm seeing people saying, yeah, they took my social security number. And it's like, where do you have to give your social? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all, all this, all this other stuff. And I, I can answer like basic questions. Like the, the main one was, dude, do they have my driver's license? And, and they tell you like, you know, you send in your driver's license, which is an optional thing to verify your account to get a little red badge. As soon as you get the red badge, they they shred it. They could not mm-hmm. legally hang on to that after that. Um, they they shred it. It's gone forever, like Hillary Clinton servers. <laughs> so all these people are like, man, do, do they do they find all my stuff? It's like at most they got your email, but it wasn't even today. This right. is five months ago when somebody hacked into one of the parlor vendors that was hosting their email service. And it's like, if let's say they got your number, well, your number is not going to be attached to your email. That wasn't, I mean, that, that that's a separate thing. That's with your text message provider. So it's like the most you have is a giant list of emails. You can't tie to anybody because most of the people there didn't put their full name or they were, they used anonymous names and stuff mm-hmm. like that pseudonyms. And then, you know, you, you got to go find their, their phone. I mean, that was the beautiful thing about parlor. It was designed not to be worth hacking. Right. Like most of the time, like if you're worried about your email being, uh, you know, sold to somebody online so that way they could spam you with stuff and try and uh, get you in phishing schemes like that's probably already been done before. Right. Uh, your, your bank has probably been hit more times and more egregiously than parlor and they probably didn't even tell you. Right. Oh, I'm sure. But uh, you know, all, all this stuff coming out, like it's to make it so that way, if and when, and I, I'm I'm pretty doubtful as to if they'll even be able to come back from this, if and when Parlor returns, um, it has become such a su- such a pariah that even its most hardline supporters won't even want to come out and come back to it. Well, it's not. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, but but this is the playbook now. Like this is how they're gonna end up assassinating these companies that. You know, don't follow suit with, you know, they, they're going against the grain. This is the playbook they're going to use to take them out. Well, it's kind of, I was going to say, it's kind of like parallel to what they've done to Trump. Right. It's like, if you have anything to do with this, you're you're an idiot or you're uh, um, a menace to society. It's like all yeah. these people who originally supported Parler, they, they did the, orchestrated this so perfectly that even the hardest most hardcore parlor supporters now are you'd have to be an idiot to support parlor after all this just reading some of the stuff that they're saying about it and the the thing that um it kind of doesn't really line up is when they say how um kind of um unprofessional they were or not set up great that they were um 
because they were using like free services, like free trial services and all this stuff. But then to turn around and say, well, they have all your data. It's like if they are not well enough set up or well enough established that they can't have better security and and things like that. Do you think they have the abilities to store that much data on right. you? Like you're you're kind of you're you're saying they're they're too dumb to do this, but they're smart enough to stash all your data and and but they don't even own their own server. So where are they? I want I want to see the free trial for this free app. Yeah, yeah, right. I want to see that. Yeah, I I I'll find that article and I'll send it to you and I'll I'll post it. Oh, I, I I read I read the article and it's like you know I uh, I I I remember when it was sent. It's like what does this site say? I'm like conservative hardliner. That that site hasn't even been up for like a month. <laughs> and the whole thing, you read it. It's like if somebody said, uh, "Break the Bell," hosted by two black female lesbians. It's like <laughs> right there, you should probably know that they're probably bullshit. I've been confused as that before. <laughs> I'm confused myself. <laughs> so, so this happened um, as fast as the mass exodus to parlor happened. Everybody is retreating from them even i i was reading that even some of their lawyers because parlor is threatening lawsuits against um all these other platforms um amazon amazon and all this stuff saying um like antitrust uh lawsuits and things like that but i was reading that even a lot of their lawyers are are pulling back away from uh parlor because they don't want anything to do with it and it's the same with trump it's like all the people that kind of sort of back trump um a few days ago, they don't want anything to do with it. They're not even going to touch it because they don't. They fear the repercussion on themselves that will happen if they decide to touch right. anything that has anything the, the, to do this with was, it. This was this was like Order sixty six from Star Wars. Uh, yeah, yes. we talked about like that, within yeah. a, like like within a day, mm-hmm. everyone yep. does. And I, I won't name names, but like the PR firm, the lawyers, the vendors, like these are. The, the, these were tough people who were good at their job, and they were they were more afraid of losing a majority of their clients just because they had one client. I almost I, I almost understands them in that situation because mm-hmm. it's one of those situations where it's like the the what we have done is we have weaponized our own culture of identity politics to the point where it's like you're you're going to attack somebody's right to make a living. Mm-hmm. And this is why my biggest fear, I, I think the I think the cancel culture situation has kind of moved in phases. And now we're touching the point where now we're going to see something that I'm incredibly terrified of, which is the massive debanking of Americans, mm-hmm. where regular people and business owners will not have access to basic essential banking services, checkings and savings accounts, lines of credit and loans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're seeing this with like Stripe, PayPal, Venmo, Shopify. It, it's going to the payment processors. This will go to the banks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got this right in front of me. I'm going to pull this up for people to see. You can't really see it. I wish you could, but um this I saw pop up on social media. I think actually this popped up in our group. Um, maybe you sent it. It says um, Citibank. I've lost track at this point. Yeah. It says Citibank says it won't support candidates who do not respect the rule of law and will pause contributions to the GOP members who objected. 
So those six members that decided to go ahead and object and try to uh, um, get some debates going on um, the floor of Senate, uh, Citibank says they're um, going to pause all contributions to those people. So like you said, the the banking has stepped in and decided to put uh, red marks on certain individuals. And these aren't even people who necessarily said they think Trump should be president or the election was won by Trump. They were right. just saying, guys, let's take a look at this. Like Ted Cruz was saying, we just want uh, right. a 10-day pause here just to take a look at this for the people. Well, and you, you see that with Hawley. I mean, he lost his book deal with uh, uh, Schuster. And um, so, I mean, that's gone. Um, I just, uh, this just popped on my phone that Belichick is turning down the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Donald Trump because he doesn't want to be anywhere around him. Yeah, nobody wants any, nobody wants to touch anything about it. Wow. And yeah. as you're saying, it gets scary when the banks step up and say, we're going to pick and choose based on your political affiliation who, if we'll allow money to transfer for, through us to you. Well, well, I think it was, and correct me if I'm wrong, was it them as a company donating or was it allowing people to donate? It says they won't support and says we'll pause contributions. So maybe it is them de- de- uh, donating. But it says three major corporations say they'll stop donating. So, yeah, it is them donating. But, um, like— that, That's just one step away, though. Yeah. That's oh, just yeah, one step absolutely. away. Yeah, and like you said— like I, I've got I've got a funny story. Like, I—during, like, right before Christmas and stuff, my girlfriend asked me what I wanted. And I remembered years ago there was a T-shirt on Infowars.com that has a, a drawing of the moon and the mm-hmm. American flag on there. And it basically shows that somebody, like, with a rover wrote on the, on the surface of the moon, 51st state. <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I love the shirt. I yeah. wear it to the gym. And I tried to send the link through the Facebook Messenger app to her. And one, it wouldn't tra- it would not send. Secondly, I got restrictions placed on it for sending dangerous or hazardous material. Jeez. Because it was mm-hmm. from Alex Jones's website or because it had yeah. the 51st state on the moon? <laughs> because that is pretty threatening <laughs> right there. Because it, because it, because it was from Infowars.store. Uh, and it's a t-shirt that's a joke. Right. Yeah. So I had to literally write down the link for her on a post-it note. Oh, dear oh my God. gosh. I've had things. And I had to write moon shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had um, stuff about six months ago that I went to send to my brother that got flagged on Messenger. It's just like I didn't even know they were tracking shit that got sent on Messenger, but it got flagged on Messenger as false information. Oh, Ken, uh, Ken LaCourt. Ken LaCourt, former head of FoxNews.com, former editor of FoxNews.com. Now he's in, now he's in charge of the Court News and Media Action Network. Uh, his links are permanently blacklisted from Facebook. Holy shit! You cannot post anything, and I like LaCourt News. It's it's a it's a very concise regurgitation of big news reports, easy for people to understand. I recommend go people. Uh, I recommend people go visit uh, MediaActionNetwork.com and LaCourtNews.com, uh, and uh, you know you cannot share any of his stuff through Facebook Messenger or or share it to a Facebook wall. That's crazy. That is scary, too. And um, we're going to get into break here in just a second. I just um, I just wanted to point out the fact that uh, I think it was Friday I had mentioned in our group chat that um, all this shit here be- just seems like it- it's a-, a cyber threat is what it is. It's just like with, with Donald Trump and with Parler, it's like 
look, look, we can switch you off. We can just turn you off permanently mm-hmm. and make you disappear, not not from our pl- platform, but across the internet. You can just be gone just like that, just for yeah. uh, dissenting, just for uh, going against the grain. Watch this. Watch what we can do to the president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world. We yeah. can turn him off completely. And so it's just a scary thought that somebody that powerful can disappear what can they do to the rest of us for for disagreeing or going against the grain? Yeah. So on that, um, it, um, we're gonna get into break. You got time for another hour, Remzo? I know you've been. Um, yeah. What time is it now? Yeah, I could do it. Okay. So we'll get you back in here for the second hour. You can go replenish your bourbon if you want. That might make this more even more interesting. So. Um, I, I gotta go do a refill. All right. So I might have to get some Gatorade. That was a little bit too much for me. I'll be back. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. We'll get into break and then we'll come back. Um, I wanted to get some of your points on like educating people on what they should do next. So we'll get into that. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Do you need a hand with video and YouTube content editing and production? Send some love to our newest sponsor, Van Zot Media, a freelance video editor and YouTube content creator that produces a wide variety of content such as audiobooks, audio dramas, podcasts, gaming videos, and interviews. Van Zot is passionate about entertainment and dedicated to helping others grow their name and brand. Check them out at facebook.com slash Media. That's V-A-N-Z-O-T Media. Facebook.com slash Media. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Uh, Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. All right, we are back here with Remzo, and let me let me get him turned up this time before I forget. Hey, Remzo, how's it going? I'm not good it's at this. It's going well. Did you get your? Uh, did you get whiskey? Did you get Gatorade? What'd you, get? you missed the big gulp of the, I, uh, the Gatorade I endorsement. A, <laughs> yeah, I, I had I had like a. A, like a like an advertising moment. It's like gulp gulp ah, electrolytes ah. only from Gatorade. <laughs> I'm wearing the Nike hoodie and everything. I look way wow, more nice. healthy than nice. I am right now. Do you know how many uh, little kids it took to make that hoodie? <laughs> 
enough to make it comfortable. I'm never getting rid of this thing. Good job, kids. All right. So Uncle Remso's gonna bore himself another one for you. Before we get into, like I said, I want to get into um, maybe you educating us on where, because you're what I would consider a social media guru type because you, I mean, you've been working in the social media field for a while now. Um, you kind of, you kind of have the, the market cornered on it and, um, you, you figured it out for yourself. So, um, you said, Hey, if anybody wants me to come on and, and educate and tell people where, what to do in, in the wake of all this bullshit, um, have me on. And I said immediately, dude, come on my show because I need to know what to do in the wake of all this bullshit. So, <laughs> so absolutely come on the show. Um, so I was going to hit you up a little on that, but before I do, I forgot about this article about, uh, Mozilla, the, the owners of Firefox and them coming out and, and their press release and the stuff they're saying, did you see a, a little bit about that Remzo? Um, how they're saying it needs to be more than just deplatforming. That was some horrifying shit, and my first response was, Mozilla Firefox is still alive? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I was like, who the fuck still uses Firefox? First of all, the, I've used Firefox once last week, and that was because I had to set up... We work for a security camera company, or security um, systems company. I was setting up this uh, DVR, and it came stock with Internet Explorer that had, by default, the security settings set up completely as high as you can have them and wouldn't it allow you to turn them down so every website i went to you had to go like approve that site as a trusted site and so i was like fuck this shit i'm gonna get chrome it wouldn't allow me to download chrome because the security settings were so high so i had to download firefox to download <laughs> chrome so that is literally the only time in the last like 10 years i've used firefox was for the middleman the 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 middle guy to get us to uh, Google Chrome, which I fucking hate Google too now, so we'll have to find somewhere else. But anyway, this article, I'm gonna I just wanted to glance at it for a second, just to see what they had to say. Um, it says, There's no question that social media played a role in the siege and takeover of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. This is coming from Mozilla's website. So they said, Since then, there has been significant focus on the deplatforming of President Donald Trump. By all means, the question of when to deplatform a head of state is a critical one. Among many, that must be addressed. When should platforms make this de these decisions? Is that decision-making power theirs alone? But, is that, but as reprehensible as the actions of Donald Trump are, the rampant use of Internet to foment violence and hate and reinforce white supremacy, white supremacy is about more than any one personality. Donald Trump is certainly not the first politician to exploit the architecture of the Internet in this way, and he won't be the last. He needs solutions that, or we need solutions that don't start after untold damage has been done. Changing these dangerous dynamics requires more than just the temporary silencing of permanent or permanent removal of bad actors from social media. It says additional precise and specific actions must be taken. Reveal who is paying for their advertising, how much they are paying, and who is being targeted. Commit to meaningful transparency of platform algorithms so we know how and what content is being amplified. How about you commit to transparency of platform algorithms and um, let us know how this content is being blocked? Like, what, what are your algorithms for blocking this shit? Because, like you said, right. 
you got blocked for a freaking t-shirt getting banned. What are the algorithms there? He wants transparency. That has to go across the whole fucking board. Right. So he says, work with independent researchers to facilitate in-depth studies of the platform's impact on people and our societies and what we can do to improve things. These actions the platforms can and should commit to today. The answer is not to do away with the internet, but to build a better one that can withstand and curd against these types of challenges. This is how we can begin to do that. You know, first of all, this blows my mind because nobody was talking about the violence of social media when it came to the Hong Kong riots or the Arab Spring. No, everybody, like, everybody was told praised not it. to talk about it. Right. Well, they but they praised it. They're like, oh, wow, this is how freedom happens, right? And now all of a sudden, it's like social media is growing violence because of, uh, uh, what, 50, 60 guys, like, storm the Capitol building? I right. mean, it's just... Right, and as it said at the top there, that there's no question that social media played a role in the siege on January 6th. What do you think, Remzo? I'm, I'm, I'm literally horrified. Like, this is... When Keith Olbermann Ugh. said that we need to remove people from our society... The Amy Comey Barrett's, the mm. Mike mm. Lees of the world, when we need to remove people from our society. I didn't take him seriously. I took him literally mm-hmm. because that's what they're doing. Mm. And really, it, it comes down to three things. And this goes across from whether you're just a regular person, whether you're a business or whether you're a content creator. It comes down to these three things. Amplifying the voices of people who are putting out good stuff. So support one another. Secondly, divest from companies that, and I want to specify this, divest from companies that are against you. And not companies that think different from you, because every corporation has their own stance on stuff. I'm talking about companies that really don't think that you have a right to be a a functioning member of society. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when, when when Mozilla says that, when, when Facebook and Twitter and stuff say that that's, they, they they're literally trying to get rid of you. When people say that you are a threat to the country because of how you vote or what you believe, uh, unless it's something like violently evil, that, that is, that is against you. I'm wearing a Nike hoodie right now. Nike thinks different from me on things. I don't, I don't know why all, every corporation has to believe in something. I could care less what Chick-fil-A believes. I'll eat their freaking chicken. Right. I, I'll go to Starbucks. But it's like when a company or an organization is against your right to a livelihood or your right to speak or be heard, divest from them. Mm-hmm. Um, just get get away. So what um, you- And then the third thing is, you know, f- find alternatives to the companies that are causing these problems. So, so kind of go over it again. It's amplify those voices of people actually putting out good work, divest from companies that are against your right to live a normal life and find the alternatives. So the, the, those are really, it. we can get to a lot more detail, but those are, that's just the basic mindset of those are the three things you have to ask yourself in order to get through this new world. So, I mean, that's all well and good with certain 
businesses or like social media platforms, you see people are moving over to MeWe and, and things like that. But when it comes to like Google or Apple saying, hey, we're not going to allow you on our platforms anymore. What cell phone do you carry that doesn't contain Google platform or Apple platform? BlackBerry? Does BlackBerry even exist anymore? I mean, I haven't, uh, I haven't I seen somebody with a BlackBerry in 10 years, so right. I, I don't know. Like, um, uh, Android is Google, and then obviously Apple makes iPhones. Those are the two main cell phone companies. So if it comes down to those two companies saying, we don't like what you're saying, we're shutting you off, I mean, what other, what other choices do you actually have? Yeah, and, and this is why I criticize so many conservatives. And, you know, they're, they're always like, oh, well, you know, we need a conservative alternative. Okay, here it is. Well, I don't like it. It's not perfect. Okay, work with it. Well, I don't want to do it. It should just be better. It's like suddenly <laughs> money and people just fall out of the fucking sky. Right. And, uh, you know, it's one of the situations where we've got to try and try and do better. And I mean, like, one of the biggest things is, uh, you know, for me, I, I'm, I'm big into crowdfunding. Uh, big into pooling money together to help feet to help people to even just you know invest in really cool projects and stuff um you know i've been an advocate for indiegogo gofundme uh, very liberal organizations but the stuff works and i've made money off of it i've done projects on there um i donate regularly but one organization that i didn't know about uh until probably like yesterday is a uh, give send go. I, I probably got it wrong, but I think it's called give send go. It's a Christian based company um, that basically works just like Indiegogo and GoFundMe. And recently PayPal and Stripe and MasterCard were basically threatening them because they, they had people on there that were saying not so nice things, not that the projects were going and funding the next Holocaust or beating baby seals or something, but because it's a company that is morally and ethically right of center and therefore Indiegogo and GoFundMe must have contacted all these people and said, we're going to cause pain for you unless you get rid of this competition. So immediately my mind is, well, you know, they're against competition. They're against people who want to have options other than theirs. Um, you know, so I, I guess I'm done with Indiegogo and I'm done with GoFundMe and I'm going to a Give, Send, Go or Give, Send, Pray. I, 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 I feel terrible. I'm pitching them and I don't even remember what they were called. <laughs> but I mean, it's just one of those things. It's one of those strange moments. Um, you know, DuckDuckGo, uh, SafeSearch.com, uh, much better than Google. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to these things, there, there are options out there. The hard thing is studying them. And oftentimes, you know, they're not great. They're not what you're accustomed to but i mean that's really the biggest problem like we're fighting convenience uh people go to these things people use these things because they're convenient so mm -hmm. you know that that's the big struggle we're dealing with right now it's it's the fact that they've built great products right and to a large extent you know we do have options but what happens we end up going back and we're like you know i i might not like these guys but god their stuff is working it's like the cable company it's like we can bitch all we want about the customer service we can bitch about all we want about uh the high prices and stuff but when it comes down to it there's nothing as good as cable tv and we always end up coming back at least as of like five years ago you always ended up coming yeah. back to cable tv now you got streaming I services say, I that cable. i don't either you got streaming services that are way more competitive now but for right. <clears throat> for years there satellite television never compared 
to it. Satellite oh, yeah. internet right. or uh, phone line internet like mm-hmm. uh, CenturyLink and stuff didn't even come close to the cable internet and the cable TV. So, like like you said, they they made a good product. So we just kept coming back with it and dealing with right. the bullshit. But but the cable companies they fucked around enough, and now there's streaming options. So you can do an end around. You don't need to go through the cable company. And, you know, I think it's going to be the same thing. You know, the big tech companies are going to keep fucking around. They think they're the only game in town, and then they're going to get underswept. At least I hope so. And, so. To, and to confirm, that is uh, givesendgo.com is the name of that that site you were talking about. I just looked it up. It, what, what's, it, what's it called? Givesendgo.com. And I'll, I'll link this in the show notes. Um, it says it's a, a number one Christian alternative for... Funding. All, funding, all the stuff that you yeah. said. So, there you go. Okay, whatever. They're not donating half their shit to Black Lives Matter. Okay. Right. There you go. <laughs> so, so yeah, there are options out there. But, again, it is hard when the the systems that you run this shit off of are ran by the people that are shutting people down. Right. Like, are there phones out there that don't run? I mean, maybe it comes down to, hey, we, we need to... Find developers to develop a well, system yeah. that doesn't run that. Because shit. otherwise, what's going to stop Google and Apple from being like, okay, um, we don't like MeWe anymore because of you know the activity that's going there. We don't like um, Signal. Signal, you know, so we're not going to carry that anymore, you know. And so it gets to the point where you can't download these apps anywhere. Yep. So I mean, yeah, it's just going to take. Mean, look at look at Laura Loomer for example, and she was probably like one of the most depersoned people. I'm not even saying deplatformed. I'm saying depersoned. She was kicked off all social media. She was kicked off Uber. She was kicked oh, off PayPal and Venmo. Her own who? bank, I think. I I, I might who? be wrong about Remzo, this. But who sure is her she? own bank sent her a check and said, "Here's all your money. Go away." Who is she? Again? Like uh, Laura, Laura Loomer was a former uh, former Project Veritas reporter. Oh, okay. She uh, she ran for Congress uh, this year, and because she couldn't do shit. She, Everyone was like, is she even running? So, like, you know, uh, she she was a conservative provocateur. And it's like, you know, she was warning people about this for, like, five years now. Like, five years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they did it to her and nobody cared. Now they do it to Trump and everyone's freaking out. And, you know, it's one of those situations where it's like, you know, like, build your own damn phone. Build your own bank. It's like, we tried to build our own social media. And because you didn't like it and you threw out baseless accusations, it's like... There, you're 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 gonna you're gonna kill the competition before it even happens, right? Now you're you're not wrong there, but uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and shift courses before we completely run out of time. Um, you you said you could dig deeper into like uh, the direction we should go with all of this. You talked about um, divesting from all these things and like basically what we're talking about like like what what is our next step Let, let's just start with social media because i mean that's an easy one we see people making these uh changes and um as far as uh podcasters are concerned i see every podcaster i've ever known like spreading their shit across the board like as far and wide as they can reach just in case something should go down they at least have other ways of getting the information out there so just um Start there, I guess, and tell people what they should be doing. Um, should that should should people like that aren't podcasters are I guess that aren't like public individuals should they be concerned about this? Should, should they start spreading their shit around, or should they start getting their like moving 
across platforms? Uh, what should they be doing? Yeah, so I mean, for that, I, I used to just say business-wise, you never want to have your eggs in one basket, and, and you want to diversify yourself. And there's a difference between diversifying yourself and making sure that you you know you're so spread out. So even though you're on all you know like a hundred different places, you don't even have like five people paying attention to you. But you know, for for example, uh, you know the great thing was that Substack uh, they put out a press release the other day saying that it's like, listen, we're not an editorial, we're not telling people what to do. As long as people are not literally calling for violence and using our platform to commit literal crimes, uh, anybody and everybody is welcome to use Substack. So Substack saw a large increase in people yesterday. Um, and over the weekends, because a lot of people who had one like myself or people that were just making one like Kimberly Coulter from uh, the national file, uh, who, who made one yesterday and was able to grab some people, uh, you know, you yourselves did that with MailChimp. Um, you know, we, we have to be able to make sure that it's like, you know, if our number one place gets taken out, we can still contact people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's making sure you're not in just one platform. It's making sure that you're not just on social media, but you're bringing up stuff in your show. You're reminding people there. You're able to contact them direct directly, even on a one-on-one -on -one basis through newsletters. It's making sure that you're, you're diversified, not only, you know, vert vertically, but horizontally. So the different mediums and then the different methods uh, necessarily. So, you know, like, like for me, for example, you know, my parlor account, by the time it was taken down uh, this morning uh, with everyone else's, when the servers went dark, I had 29,000 people. That was my largest platform. My, my, my second one is Facebook where I've got probably like 3,300 people on there. And because of Facebook algorithms, I'm lucky if maybe 200 of them see a post within a 24 hour period. Mm -hmm. Uh, parlor goes down i'm okay because i'm on facebook i'm on instagram i'm on twitter uh you know i've got my podcast and i've got my newsletter i could still talk to people i could still reach people through many different ways so even though you know taking down parlor will impact me I'm, I'm, it's not like my whole thing is being shut down. Mm -hmm. So understand, get on different platforms of the same kind, but make sure you're in different, uh, you, you have different capabilities to reach people. So it's beyond just social media. You're able to find them through different forms of communication and through direct contact as well. So, so those are really it right now for content creators. I'm telling you this, get, make, make sure you've got that set. So that way, if they take you down one place, it's not like you've got nowhere else to go and make sure that, you know, if people don't want to go on MeWe, at least they can go on your newsletter. They could subscribe to that because you're not going to be able to constantly pull those people over. I mean, people just don't want to do that. So, so really, I mean, take, take an evaluation of what you're doing and what you're good at and what you can do and what you're not doing. And, uh, you know, try and make sure that when they take down your number one place, it's not going to take you down with it. You're going to be okay. I'm mm -hmm. not going to say you're going to be great, but you're going to be okay. Yeah. And those are, those are the people that, um, survive things like this. And that that's been true with business for as long as the business has been around, the people that are set themselves up more flexibly 
that um, when things change, they're able to change with the tides. Those are the businesses that succeed. The, during um, the, uh, the pandemic shutdowns, the businesses that already had online setup, like online sales set up, those were the ones that survived. They're the ones that could shift more of their sales online instead of these people that are uh, brick-and-mortar shops that have been um, against online sales for their entire lives. Then all of a sudden, everything's gone, and they have to find a new way to do it. they got to reinvent the wheel. If you already set up in a flexible manner, then you will survive things like this. And, I mean, that's that's just true in business. Like, you should be able to flex with with the tides, when when things get start to shift, you should be have yourself sh- set up where you can shift with that. Like technology is constantly changing and and improving. So if you're a tech company, you should be constantly ahead of the curve. So when things move forward, you're moving forward with it instead of playing catch up. And that's that's what you're saying here. It's like set yourself up to where you're not necessarily playing catch up, and you can uh, just move with it. When when things change, you just change with it, and you can just keep things going, business as usual. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to I want necessarily pitch myself or anything, but you know the, the biggest thing that bothers me is when I I get emails or messages from people that say, "Hey, I'm a small business owner. Uh, we have social media, and because of something my husband said, now his page is gone, and his Facebook page that he spent ten years and thousands of dollars growing is missing." Or people saying, hey, uh, we're, we're not paying for Facebook ads anymore. And it's not like they were working to begin with because we were basically just buying back access to our own people instead of growing. I mean, small business America, half of all small businesses that closed because of the pandemic are dead forever. Mm-hmm. So I've got, I've, got a, I've got a big place in my heart for small business owners. And what, what, I, what I do kind of want to throw out there is if anyone wants to contact me, if you're a small business owner and you've been affected because of, you know, a, a political opinion or an unpopular thing you said, as long as it's not literally criminal or something, I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But if like, let's say you've been impacted by that, call me. Let's set up a consultation right now. Um, I'm cutting my consultations in half. I usually charge $80 for an hour just to kind of give you a roadmap of how to prepare yourself for what I call a post social media world where you're not going to have access to those things. I'm doing 40 bucks an hour. And I'm doing that because one, this is what I have to do now. This is my job, but I want to be able to be accessible to you because what I'm hoping is in that hour, we can go ahead and get you set up because Craig, this is the one thing I'm having to teach people how to do direct marketing. Not many people knows about me. I, I just got my start in, in, in a direct mail, like sending literal letters to people mm-hmm. for organizations and having to teach them how cold call again. It's like, Hey, you know, I used to get all my client referrals through Facebook. It's like, when was the last time you called somebody yeah. and you offered a discount or you asked them how they were doing and if you could help them? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how I feel about cold calling. It's like, well, you know, cold calling is still a thing. Yeah. yeah. When was the last time you bought a radio advertisement? Was anyone listening to radio? It's like you don't have a choice because no one can find you on Facebook, so yeah. they might as well find you there. It's finding the ways to meet you in the middle to make sure that, um, you know, whether Facebook gets rid of you or Instagram or Twitter, limit your capability to be seen and connect with potential customers that we're going to we're gonna take care of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'll definitely endorse you for that because um, – you've kind of, we've looked to you 
a lot for I I've come to you a lot for just like basic information. It's not even like coming to you for a consultation, which I I'm sure that'll come. But um, anytime I have a question on anything, it's just like you're my go to to guy. It's just like, well, what would Remzo do? And you always come back with something, and it usually it it's always worked. And so um, yeah, if you if you have any questions when it comes to especially social media or 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 getting your face out there in these times where things are uncertain, definitely go to Remzo because he is the master in things uncertain, I guess, because your life is constantly uncertain, <laughs> Remzo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call myself a millennial Forrest Gump. I don't ask for these crazy things to happen with me in, like, the middle of it. It just kind of happens. Mm -hmm. and, and, I mean, this is, uh, th this is the reality of things. It's like we... we we used to we used to fight for like big things like when i was like 19 20 years old getting involved in like the liberty movement my dreams were like i'm gonna end the fed i'm gonna bring all the troops home i'm gonna kill taxes and i'm gonna legalize machine guns and pot and now i'm just like i want to go outside <laughs> and it's that's, like, that's a big goal right you now. know what what yeah it's like i want to go outside and i want to go outside without a mask and I want to hang out with six people. It's like the 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 whole the whole sliding scale has completely shifted downward, and uh, you know at, at this point, like we're we're fighting for our livelihoods. Yeah. And you know you, you might feel alone, you might feel isolated, you might be scared. But as I'm telling a lot of people who are conservative business owners, who are Christian business owners, who are just business owners that don't want to cop up to this woke agenda, this cancel culture, like death storm that's following it's like there are there are tens of millions of americans who will help you mm -hmm. who will connect with you who will buy your products who will support your venture we just have to support each other and we need to be kind and open to liberals too who aren't absolutely insane because really amongst them it's only a very loud minority of them that are doing this crazy stuff because americans want to be kind to one another but they're being put in this situation where they're they're gonna be depersoned, and you know we we've been talking about deplatformed. They're gonna be depersoned. Mm -hmm. So any any way that you know you, you can figure out how to make sure that when that if that day comes, you can take care of yourself. You've got to do it because it's not just about you. Right, and that's the thing. It scares me when people are like, "Man, I don't know. I don't know how if I'm gonna be able to pay pay for my kids to you know." handle an emergency hospital bill or something like i had somebody call me and they're like man my, my kid's on really really expensive insulin and it's like if i lose my job like how am i going to pay for that mm. or my kid my kid has asthma and you know all this stuff costs money like it, it's they're not worrying about grand things like ending the fed and stuff like that they're like can i can i take care of my kids and that that's what this has come down to. This is an event where we have to be good to another, to one another, like people offer discounts, give a few extra bucks to a podcast or a business or something that's putting value into your life. Mm -hmm. Check in on another, one another, do something good for somebody else, not because you want something in return, but because it's just the good, uh, the good, right thing to do. Right. Like this is not the age to be greedy. We, we need each other. Because when we can show that we can support each other, other people who might not like us for one reason or another, they will see how we're putting good good stuff into the world and they will want to be more like us. But 
you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be tough, right? It's gonna be tough. Talk a little about, um, because you mentioned at the beginning of the show, how since all this kicked off, your email list has multiplied by a ton. Um, I went from Kevin Hart to Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal. Talk about, um, do you think, uh, because I mentioned how we have our, um, what did you call them? Our fellowship that's we've just been kind of supporting each other. What what's the importance of networking and all of this? What's what's the importance of uh um like you said, stick together, like like from a business angle, like how important even even before all this happened, networking, like people don't understand how important networking is and just reaching out to other people in <clears throat> that are going through the same shit you're going through now more than ever. Why is networking so much more important? I, uh, I, I was at a gun show in 2017, 2018. I think it was 2017. Maybe I was working for a candidate and literally at the booth right next to me was the campaign manager for the other candidate. We were both Republicans. It was in a primary and it was kind of awkward and we were polite, but you know, she, she, she was kind of cute and she was nice. And I'm, I'm a friendly person. I, uh, I, and by cute, I mean, she's just, just a nice person. She's way older than me. Could, could have been like an aunt or something. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I, I, I go to the concession stand, I buy two bottles of water and I, I give her one. She's like, Oh, Oh, can I pay you back? And I'm like, no, I did that to be kind because I could only imagine how she felt being put right next to me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because I felt a little uncomfortable being put right next to her Mm -hmm. and I don't really care enough to hate people or not to do anything with them. It's like me and this person have more in common than we don't have in common. It's just that we're on different teams of a primary election of all things. And that was it. And we had a good talk Uh, to about a year and a half later. I'm looking for a job. And ironically, she is the hiring manager for this place I'm looking at. And I'm thinking, oh, my candidate beat her candidate. She's she she'll remember me from that. She hired me. Mm-hmm. She hired me because she's like, you know, you were qualified, but you're also kind, and you didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And if you can make your opponent feel comfortable and welcomed and friendly, imagine what you're going to do for our customers. And it was just one of those things. I'm still friends with that person to this day. It's just one of those things where it's like we we can we can do things now that will grow immensely later. And it's one of those moments where it's like you know, because of one small thing I did in a in a professional setting, that paid off when I needed it the most. Mm-hmm. Therefore, sometimes you do something just to be kind. And then when you're in the situation where you do need to call in that favor, or you really have to hope that that person likes you in that minute, you don't have to worry. You'll just look at it and you'll be surprised. And it's not them just completely doing a quid pro quo thing, but it's them remembering, yeah, I, he, he, put, he put good towards me. I'm going to put good towards him. And sometimes it takes days. Sometimes it's transactional. There are enough people out there that are very transactional in their relationships, but those do have an expiration date to them. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's the right thing just to do 
kinds things. And mm-hmm. that can sound like a very, you know, happy-go-lucky business 101 type of thing. But I'm not just saying it because it sounds nice. I'm saying it because it I, I've been the recipient of it as much as I've done it. And situations like this where we need each other now more than ever, it's not even just about, you know, oh, do I really like this person? It's me and this person might not know each other. Me and this person might not send each other Christmas cards. But me and this person have too much to lose right yet we have too much in common let's put all the other stuff away and let's help each other because if we don't no one is yeah yeah bill and i have talked on the show about um if the shit hits the fan our like physical contingency plan we did a two episode series on that like and we had talked about how you're not going to know it all for yourself. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to be the guy that knows everything. So, hook up with people, like-minded people that have different sets of skills and things like that. And for the first time, I think ever, I've really this week started thinking about this like kind of. Uh, um, I, I what's the word I'm looking for? Just like a uh, an internet like a a data freaking contingency plan, you know, like um, um, an online contingency plan. And it's it's the same thing. It's just like if you have an online presence or an online business or, or anything like that in, in a business world, a business aspect, the more people you know that have different skills, the more people that that can help you in different areas. Well, like shit, in our fellowship, as you call it, like how many different people of different we gotta skills? We got to find a cooler name. Uh, <laughs> no, I I I really like it. But um, how many people of different skills do we have in that group? That everyone there that's just talking in this group of podcasters or content developers and people like that that are just like, dude, if you ever need help with that, this just let me know. Um, hit me up. And I mean, we've completely come together as a group as just like, dude, um, I know this stuff and I know this stuff. And then you get people like Gary, um, who we've had on the show and, uh, you've had on the show several times. And that is just a man who knows everything. Just a good person to have. It's freaking Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah. Just a good man to have, uh, in a group just because of his vast amounts of knowledge. Um, just the importance of that is just like developing this like digital contingency plan. If we do plan to stick around in this world, in this digital age, once it goes dark, like the only way we're going to survive is is networking with people, like-minded people that have different skills, that know different things, like people like you that know social media or people that know business and marketing and all that stuff. That's the only way we're going to survive in this. And like I, I said in the beginning, like it's we are the minority at this point because there's so many um, of the um, I think uh, I, I'm reading the book uh, Fahrenheit 451. They call it like the no- most dangerous person is uh, like the unmoving cattle of the majority. And that's exactly what it is. It's just like the people that just are, are set in their ways and just following the mainstream media narrative. We are the min- the minority in all of that. So the only way we're going to survive is meeting like-minded people that have different skill sets. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I mean, I w- the one thing that I'm going to miss the most when I leave this area is I- I'm going to miss my friends. I've got friends here who I've known since I, I was a kid, like really. 
and uh you know they have roots here and they they don't want to leave because they're like why should i leave i've spent my entire life here and i'm looking mm-hmm. at them it's like guys you're smart you see what's going on and you see some of the stuff that happens to people like me and you're like well you know you put himself out there but the thing is it's going to come for you the sliding mm-hmm. scale is shifting inch by inch every second and uh you know i i, I love you guys but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let myself be here and be victim to what is gonna happen mm-hmm. when another set of harsher draconian lockdowns happen. I'm not gonna be here when the next pandemic hits. I'm not gonna yeah. be here when they declare martial law or something. Right. It's just not gonna happen Mm-mm. because I value my ability to have options more than I I value these conveniences, and uh, you know that's that's part of the sacrifice of it. This isn't fun stuff. This is not this is not what I wish I could spend my days doing. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather do it now to celebrate later than to never celebrate again. Yeah. And it it's just what it's come to. It's no longer a, a luxury to have the extra time to even contemplate this stuff. Now it's become a necessity to begin to build these plans and act upon them. So, what's your plan then? <laughs> Where, like, are you're, I'm you're talking the about fuck out of here? Yeah, you're getting, you're getting out. <laughs> you're moving physically. Are you gonna continue um, your freelance work? Your like self-employed uh, stuff, or are you? Are oh, you, are you uh, I mean, my my plan actually doesn't change. Like for for anyone that listens to to my show on the run, you know, my plan is to retire by thirty eight. Uh, my my. That's still the plan. And, you know, uh, the only reason why I'm good right now is because I, I learned a lot and I, I had these things in place. I have different streams of income. I have different skills and different abilities that allow me to be incredibly marketable so that I have work coming. Um, you know, I, I can quickly call people and I, I can have client work and I have money coming in. I have different streams of passive income. Uh, that that come in so money i'm making money while i sleep i'm not a millionaire by any measure but you know i'm i'm a lot more comfortable than a lot of people right now and my unemployment has not been that difficult um you know there there are some other factors where i'm incredibly you know blessed in that sense i'm not going to get into that it's really nobody's business but you know it's not like i i've got i've got nothing to do and i've got nothing coming at me so like it's pretty good the the one thing is you know a lot of people are like oh you know be your own boss start your own business work your own stuff it's like you know i, I as much as i do that for many things i also like the stability of a of a salary and the thing is uh you know your your main salary from your full time job is the number one driver and builder of your wealth so i want to i want to get that eventually get back uh working for a good company or organization and you know get that money and then everything else i'm just putting back into savings and investment um you know the the plan doesn't change because circumstances change Mm -hmm. in fact i'm more lucky now that i prepared for situations where it's like you know i leave a business i left parlor uh for for many reasons none of them i'm gonna get into but i'm okay and uh you know there there are a lot of people at that company that god forbid they don't come back i don't know how they're gonna be but i know that i'm fine so uh, it's one of those situations where it's like, you know, set, set your life up so that when difficult times come, at least they're not unbearable. Mm-hmm. I think I said this to Bill today. I was talking, we were talking about getting you on the show. I said something like, 
I bet Remzo is glad he got out of parlor when he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, um, whether or not you saw the writing on the wall, I don't think you could have predicted what was coming. But I'm glad. I I bet you're glad you did get out. What two three weeks ago now? Before this, uh, thirty it was like thirty days. November, like today is December. Today is the anniversary of when I said, "Okay, guys." I think I'm done here. Bye. <laughs> yep. So, so, yeah, it's kind of like uh, playing the lottery. You uh, you stood up from the table when you were supposed to instead of <laughs> st- staying at the seat. But um, hopefully, hopefully, Parlor bounces back because I-, I did enjoy Parlor, and like like I said, and like you said, our our biggest followers did come for Parlor. Neither one of us are, I would say, are like the MAGA hat wearing over the top Trump supporters. I mean, you um endorse Trump, I'm pretty sure, for the election the election, but I, I wouldn't say you are that those um scary, uh violent, uh extreme <laughs> white supremacists yeah. could basically you're not white, so um <laughs> I don't know how that would happen. <laughs> so but like I said, our, our biggest follow, following came from that platform. So hopefully, a platform like that bounces. It, it, it back. was it was a good platform. You could do all the things you wanted to do. It didn't have priority algorithms. Advertising was cheap, and speech was free. Mm-hmm. Bill, like did, it was just it was a good product. Yeah, Bill, did you even did you spend any time on Parlor? Did you even make it over to Parlor? Yeah, before? I got over to Parlor. I, I didn't do much on it, um, but. Uh, you know, during the mass exodus, I had people message me, be like, "Hey, you need to move to Parlor right now. You yeah. need to go right now." And I, I kind of <laughs> held off for a while. I'm like, "Nah, I'm not gonna really." But then I think after you started pushing there, I'm like, "Okay, I'll go over there and see yeah. what's going on." So, yeah. which you went over to Miwi about that time too. You yeah, know? I did both the same time because people yeah. were the same thing. It's like, "Oh, you need to go to Miwi. You need to go to Parlor." And I'm like, "All right." And I, I, I haven't done anything on Miwi either. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, like you were saying it was a good platform the thing i liked about parlor over twitter is unless they were like really really famous people typically if you followed somebody they followed you back like Mm. out of courtesy like you follow someone they follow you back on twitter it's like you got to be someone for somebody to follow you like i have a very small following on twitter tulsi gabbard Tulsi Gabbard wished me happy birthday. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, she, she's my crush that, right now. That was that was one of the greatest <laughs> days of my life. Yeah. So, I, like I said, it's just more. It was more of a community. What whether on the other side, on the flip side, Twitter is more like um, if you don't know somebody, if you don't have something to offer me, if you don't have like ten times the amount of followers I have, why would I follow you? Because you're not offering me anything. So. It, there's not that like I scratch your back, you scratch mine type of of deal that you I I found at least on Parlor. Tw- Twitter is a straight up caste system. Absolutely, <laughs> it is, and like, and they do it. They like, they have the like different it, like like it is unspoken Jim Crow. Like that's it's it's just that bad. It, it's it's pretty bad. I think like we have so few followers on it and like i follow the shit out of people all the time i'm just like i'm not any, on twitter anybody who like i think 
might like <laughs> might be interested Bill's or like fuck that yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> anybody i'm interested in or i think might be interested i i follow it's just like um if you have three followers i follow you but it's not the same there's no no return there it's just like um i i think we have like under a hundred followers on twitter which is insane we've been doing this for like seven eight months it's insane we we have yeah. under a hundred Twitter followers. And I don't spend a lot of time there, but still I I post shit, I do all the hashtagging, all all the stuff you're supposed to do to gain followers. I retweet uh other people's tweets, all that fun stuff. Very small following. I and mm. I don't care. I mean, it's not it's not the end of the world. I would like to have more followers, but it was completely the opposite experience on Parlor. So, um I would like to see Parlor come back, but if if it doesn't, if um if the apocalypse takes them out forever, <laughs> I mean, something else will pop up. It will. It, it has to. I your, mean, your newsletter became bigger and is way more effective than your Twitter in less than twenty four hours. Absolutely, <laughs> it, you're not lying at all. And I've I haven't dealt with emails or email listings in over probably ten years, so you're not lying at all. <laughs> so I I I think. I think Twitter and Facebook are going to see a major drop in their stock, first of all, because well, you can't disenfranchise yeah. half of the country. And I think Twitter already has, hasn't it? I don't know. Have you heard, has Twitter lost stock, Remzo? Like like 30% or something That's right. like yeah. in a day. That's pretty major. Yeah, when you, when you tell yeah. half the country to go fuck off, right. you're going to lose stock. And that's what I said when all these, like, Uber conservatives came out against Starbucks saying, oh, they don't support traditional marriage, which how can a society go on without um, saying without uh, opposite sex? Like, there's no way anybody in their right mind would disagree with say with traditional right. relationships. So when all these conservatives came out and were like, oh, they they only support gay marriage. It's just like. No, they don't because they would never do that because they know they would lose 98% of their stock. It's just not possible. So for Twitter to come out and Facebook to come out and just start banning like half of their their user base, it's just like, do you realize what you're doing to yourself as a business? You are just fucking yourself in the ass at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also just another thing, just from a pure business perspective. It's like you could spend tens of thousands of dollars on Facebook and you could put in a full decade of work to build up a platform that you could have built up in a fraction of the time, spending no money and gotten 10 times as much of the return for free on Parler. Mm hmm. And, you know, that, that was the thing. And I, I still, I still teach people how to properly use Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn, all that stuff for their businesses, because, you know, sometimes it's right. Sometimes it isn't, but like, you know, 10, 10 years ago, you could do that on Facebook. Now yeah. it's like, no, if you're not allowed to make a single solitary cent, unless you give like your firstborn child to mm -hmm. Facebook and you praise Kamala. <laughs> it's it, you're not lying like there. that's what it's come down to and if you're not paying them i noticed because when we first started off i would boost several of our posts and we would get i mean it wasn't good traction like it wasn't like our our downloads would increase or anything we'd get a bunch of clicks and stuff but it, we want to get like 
an increase in like regulars or anything. So I was just like, I think I took your, I think you told me, it's just like, spend your money where it's going to count. And so I stopped boosting those posts. But then, um, like when I would post on our Facebook page, you'd look and see how many people it reached. And we have plenty of followers on our Facebook page and it would reach like four people. It was like, they're like, well, if you're not paying us, we are going to limit you so much that you get zero traction. And it's it's all a numbers game because, and I know this is true because I have a Facebook page from probably five years ago that I haven't used in years from some uh, group I, I was, it was some forum group I was doing uh, pre-podcast, before my podcast days, I was like working up to starting a podcast myself. Oh, was that the uh, the was it beer? Yeah, it was life. It was called Life God Beer. And yeah, it was that's talking it. about wow. religion. <laughs> and it was talking about religion and beer and all this stuff at the same time. And um, I had quite a bit of traction on that, but it's slowly started to fade too. But then since I started this Facebook page, that one is getting. Likes, likes, likes. It's like fa- Facebook is dangling this carrot in front of me like, oh, you should start this book. Look at all these people that are, are liking your page. You should start do- working on this again. And then I know as soon as I start doing that, it's going to get to the point where I'm getting zero traction unless I'm paying yeah. Facebook to do it. Well, like literally um, when you spend money on Facebook, I put it this way. You're not spending money to build a following you're just spending money to get access to your own following it's exactly it it's it's bullshit is what it is yeah so i mean i the the only time i spent money and i didn't even spend my own money on facebook this year um was i was uh i was managing a campaign for a friend who's running for re-election it was just a a side gig I, i didn't even make make it public uh pat mcgann and uh you know uh, we we spent money on there, but like that that was the only reason. And it's different when you're in a campaign; you're treated differently by Facebook. You have to go through a lot more bells and whistles. And they, I think they, I don't have proof for this, but it's just a thought. I think they do stuff. I, I think they add more to your dollar spend when you're a political candidate than they do for your dollar spend when you're anybody else. I don't have proof of that. Yeah. I'm just saying that from what I saw, having witnessed it, especially when I was at the Washington times and they were spending money on stuff, you could spend the same amount. You could be putting out like literally the same exact thing, but your impact is different based off the category of your page. And when you're political, um, when you're a political page, whether a candidate or group or party, your dollar is treated differently. And I think I, I don't, because of everything that's happened, I don't think that's a coincidence. Right. And we did find out during the Pat McGeehan campaign from our episode with Pat McGeehan interviewing him that Facebook won't allow you to boost the episode if you smoke tobacco <laughs> on your video. That was some wild shit. <laughs> that was bullshit is what it was. I was just like, what? I'm not I'm not going to stop this. I, I, I don't need you that much that just i'm i'm sorry my my you're, nicotine you're, you're corrupting addict. the youth right, i guess <laughs> it's like cardi b was able to make wap viral but you can't post a discussion about local politics because you show pipe tobacco <laughs> who is really the degenerate here it's, you're not lying it's ridiculous the standards just make no sense and that's across the board 
that's with everything we're talking about here. That's with um, things getting taken down for inciting violence. Uh, the standards just don't make sense because how much violence was incited over the summer for the last like seven oh, yeah. months? Well, like you said, and with the 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 Chaz group, you know, that was out, and nobody said anything about it. You, it wasn't. It, it was, was nowhere, and it was well. It, it, was, it was all over Facebook, but like, it was summer of love. Yeah. That's all. You know, they didn't talk about the three people that got shot. They, they just needed to get it out of their system, those kids with their <laughs> yeah. militias. Yes. Yeah, but then um, this thing happens where what – do do they have the exact numbers of how many people got into the Capitol? Have you heard? No. Because I don't think I don't think they want I don't think they'd want those numbers to go. No, it, no. it, it it's like um, how they portrayed the uh, the ball drop in New York. They would just zoom in on like two or three people to make it look like people were actually there and uh, make it look like it was a bigger ordeal than it is. Um, I, that was some George Orwell shit. That <sighs> that, I, that New Year's ball drop. That was one of the most sad things I've ever watched. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I watched it for maybe an hour, and the people talking, like, they still had the mics cranked loud enough. You could hear it echoing off of the buildings. That's how few of people were there. That's, that's sad. It was it was the saddest event. Um, and like I said, they would zoom in on two or three uh, staffers that were out on the ground to make it look like people were out there partying, partying <laughs> and stuff. It's just like, it, it, was, it was ridiculous. But that's how I think no. this... That's, that's how I think this uh that that's my opinion of this um insurgency this Trump inspired insurgency it's like how many million people were at this rally how many million people showed up to the capitol but how many at most like a hundred people a couple hundred maybe like actually uh participated in this stuff if if Trump was the one that was inspiring all this violence Mm-hmm. What what was the other million and a half people doing? Because if if they were all involved, the whole capital would be leveled to the ground right now. Did didn't they didn't they learn anything from this summer? You loot, plunder, rape, right. you burn. Lose. Yeah, you lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I said, it's just a complete double standard. Worst it's ridiculous. insurrection ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just makes no sense to me. And then. Uh, <laughs> Biden coming out and saying, well, there's no question about it. This was a mob. This was a violent mob. Don't call them protesters. They're domestic terrorists. Just the double standard is such bullshit. When when you got called a racist for calling them a mob and looters back in July, August time frame after George Floyd. Yes, I get that it was different circumstances. I get that. One was racially charged, supposedly. One, One was politically charged. But it's still people tearing up shit. The only difference is, and we said this in a, another episode, the only difference is they were looting and mobbing local businesses and burning them to the ground rather than going after the people that are actually making these piss-poor decisions like what we saw in D.C. Yeah. Yeah, zero targets or auto zones were leveled. <laughs> convenient. It's convenient how that no, works. No flat-screen TVs were taken. <laughs> So you said you mentioned at the beginning that they did it all wrong. Like, do you think I mean, there's a point and it's hard. Like, we're all it's hard because that's we're, the cold opening. Yes. We're, we all tiptoe around this shit. 
none of us, <laughs> none of us in our right mind wants to get kicked off of shit. But we're to a point where, at what point do we care? There comes a point, like we all support. I think the right to overthrow a government that's not working for you. I think it's fair to say the three of us support the right to do that. Is that fair assumption, Remzo? I don't want to speak for you. I, I, w- I would, I would, I would say the entire state of New Hampshire, the right to a revolution is within their constitution. Oh wow, that so uh, we've got you, you know we've they're they're at legally legally thousands who have said that upright. Mm-hmm. I mean up front. Mm-hmm. So, do you think this is what they were actually going for here? Because if they were. Like you, like we said, they did it all wrong because they only got the opposite out of this. They only made sure that we got more laws, more st- strict restrictions on us. I mean, shit, a freaking seven-foot wall went up in four hours around the Capitol. It went from being a public building to nobody gets in because of this shit. I mean, this is going to be the freaking Patriot Act 2.0. Oh yeah, I mean, I had already been saying like if you like the TSA after nine eleven, wait until that's what's like for COVID. Right. Um, you know, I it, it's one of those situations where it's just like it it does it never it never gets better. And uh, you know, I've been hanging on to this like childlike image of us going back to like February twenty twenty when things seemed a little bit awesome. And you know, a- after Kobe died, we're like, well, twenty twenty can't get more sad. And now it's like this and it's like, I just want to go out and eat with all my friends. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I went to the white house, uh, to see the Christmas tour and everything with my girlfriend. It felt like we were in North Korea. It was wow. so weird trying to get mm. in everything more so than just the regular con- security. I mean, they had guys walking around with full flak vests and, you know, just around the park, around the executive park, walls up, sirens going off, spotlights. It was, it was creepy. And, uh, you know, this is what it's, this is what it's come to. And it's like, you know, this is the, 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 the time to think that massive change is going to come through acting like morons isn't going to be it. I, I can also tell you that, you know, if the election was rigged or not, I'm not voting anymore. Mm, yeah. Like I need to make my life as politician proof as possible. And that means taking as much independence back from government services, from corporations as, as possible. And it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be convenient, but at least it'll be mine. Mm-hmm. So I like that, that's where I'm at. Well, we are, at the top of our second hour, we're about out of time for tonight, Remzo. Um, if you could sum up all, all the advice swirling around your head in one sentence to give people in this time what I would consider is possibly leading into some pretty dark shit, what would that sentence be? What do you what do you want to tell people to get them through this? And I'll play Jeopardy music while you think. <laughs> you, you have to you have to reevaluate your priorities in life because when you begin to focus on what really matters to you and you begin to put out what doesn't matter to you, you begin to remember what true happiness is. And true happiness can be found in the darkest corners of the world during the worst of days. 
And when you can begin to remember what matters to you, friends, faith, family, the simple things in life, you'll, you'll become richer and freer now than you ever were ever before, regardless of who's president or who we're at war with or what pandemic is going on or how your financial state is. Freedom and happiness is a state of mind before all things, and it can be achieved whenever, wherever, by whoever. I like it. You like it, Bill? I like it. Do you approve? I do. Do you got anything else to ask Ramzo before he goes? Yeah, um, real quick. <laughs> hey, did you see, um, uh, right before we came on, a friend of us, our VARS, sent us an ad about, or not an ad, <laughs> an article about uh, FBI warning about uh, armed protest um, at Fuck. the... Different uh, <laughs> state capitals. I was going to say national. Uh, what now? Um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, leading up to Biden's inauguration, and I guess, um, I guess some the boogaloo's have come out or whatever and said that if Trump is removed from office, man, I'm 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 going on vacation next week. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you get, you get I'm out of the country. Out of here. <laughs> That's all. That's all. That's good advice. (laughs) We might as well. I'm going to be in the air flying (laughs) over it all. I don't care. I'll wear my mask the entire time if I have to. I won't be here. Let's go hang out in like Costa Rica or something for the next couple of weeks and and just get drunk and swim on the beach. That's our retirement plan, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, go ahead and plug your shit, Remzo. Let us know where we can find you. Um, I know you're spread more out now than you probably were last time you were on just let us know where we the best place to get a hold of you and if that fails where else we can get a hold of you <laughs> we are libertarians.com if we are libertarians.com you can find on the run with episode w martinez wherever podcasts are available and please follow me everywhere else on the internet you can at hey remso h-e-y-r-e-m-s-o oh and my Substack newsletter which is go. awesome I, I will grew, post. Grew, grew like Donkey Kong the other day. It's remso at dot substack dot com. Remso dot substack dot com. I will put all of this in the show notes so you can find out how to access um, everything that's swirling around in Remso's brain. And um, again, more than ever, like it is important to support people like Remso that you agree with that are getting information out there that are 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 spreading the word around because. We don't know how long we'll be able to do shit like this as freely as we are. So go like his stuff. Go go subscribe to his stuff. Subscribe to our stuff, too, if you haven't already. Um, because, um, I mean, we we stick together. And that like, like we've said this whole time, that's the only way we're going to really push through right. shit like this is, is by sticking together, supporting like-minded people who support the Constitution primarily, support... The freedoms that um, have been set up in the structure of this country I mean, for everybody, whether you agree with them or not, right? So, go. Um, like I said, this will all be on the show notes. Go, go support Remzo. Hit him up. Um, say hi to him because um, Remzo is a pretty cool guy, and he knows a lot of shit. So, I try. yeah, I try. He, I mean, he does his best, I guess, but he knows a lot. So, <laughs> um, if you have any questions, hit him up. If you if you're trying to start your own venture, like um, your own uh, content venture or any kind of business venture, hit him up. He knows a lot of information. He's he's got around the block a couple times in a good way and in the bad ways, I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, we're gonna get out of here for this week. You got anything else, Bill? Before no, we get, I think we covered it. So get back in here this weekend for the weekend wrap-up, and we'll definitely get Remzo back on here for more. Um, he's one of our uh, 
most regular guests, I guess, at this point. You've been on now three times, so... Well, we did Christmas together. That I makes us family. I always love coming on. Yeah. And if you oh, live yeah. closer, <laughs> if you live closer, man, like you say you're going to, man, we could probably get you here for the Christmas episode next year. Oh, so. shoot. It, it's it's going to happen. It, it's going it, to happen. It, it I'll tell to. you that. It's fate. Yes. Fate has aligned. I like, I like it. To get you here for Christmas. So uh, we'll check you all at the end of the week for the weekend wrap-up. Check out Remzo Shit. Otherwise, um, have a great week, week and do Peace. all that other stuff. Don't stop talking. Whatever we say. I don't know. <laughs> Bye. The Break the Bell Podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout out to our sponsors, Goulash Media, On the Run with Remzo W. Martinez Podcast, and Van Zot Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next time and let us continue to invade your ear holes and as always, never stop talking. All right, Ramzo, thanks again. Awesome. I have to go take a shit from hell. <laughs> awesome. Okay, I'll talk to you guys Thanks later. again. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye.